0: Hey, man so you know we're we're constantly talk we're trying we're always trying to be mindful about you know uh, about race issues and and things that you know this is a there's a there's a, there's a coined term out there called implicit bias mm. and i'm sure you're i'm sure you're you're familiar with it uh, mean, but uh every, it's, day. It, it, every day i which it, which is a good thing because we should all be um aware of our implicit biases you know yes. it, it's it's something that we're all guilty of everyone's like a little bit I don't want to use the, bit, use the word bigoted, but, like, that's what that means. That uh, So, you know, it, it means that we all judge each other based on our outer appearance, even yeah. if it's just, like, for a second. So, right. I mean, I'm going to share with you a story, and this is just me kind of coming to terms with my own implicit bias. But, okay, you know, whenever you hear or read stories about, uh, like, another shooting in a poor part of town, you know, everybody, myself included, Mike's neighborhood. you know, we assume, my neighborhood, yeah, we assume, <laughs> even if it's just for a second, that the killer is most likely a police officer yes implicit bias see i, I was hoping that was gonna <laughs> elicit a bigger reaction out of you than... oh man i you, see, you uh, lost
1: me you lost me there in the middle <laughs> Damn it! All right, never mind. <laughs> folks
0: <laughs> as you let's move on to something a little bit more pleasant okay. than mike's failed attempt at a misdirect joke <laughs> When I re-listen you, to
1: this episode, I'll, I'll pick up on it. But I okay, I, I'm gone. <laughs>
0: it's called again, Adam. I, I it, it, with it, in an effort to not, at the risk of making this joke not funny. Mm-hmm. I mean, it already wasn't funny from the, <laughs> from the sounds of it. And over-explaining it, I'm going to explain to you yes. that what I was trying to do <laughs> is what's called a misdirect and make mm. you think that I was going to say something else. But yeah. boom, baby. I hit Damn. you with I hit you with another answer. I su- I subverted your expectations. I know, police
1: officers and as I, are the criminals. Got and
0: it. as I can <laughs> as as you can hear now, Adam is laughing hysterically Damn. at my attempt at social commentary
1: <laughs> in the form of humor. <laughs> it, it's three weeks from now when I'm re listening to this episode. That'll be right. I'm just like rolling on the sidewalk in laughter. You know, people are stopping their cars asking me what's so funny, and I'm explaining it to them. Mm-hmm.
0: Which, as we've all, which was as we've all learned, is the best way to make a joke funny is to yes. over-explain it. Yes. As you know, listener you know, longtime listeners of this fan <laughs> of, of this show uh, can attest to you that. Uh, if we Mike over, I'm doing it again. See, Mike over-explains a joke. <laughs> suddenly, it comes back all the way around to be funny again. Right. Folks, welcome back to the oh. Skinny with Mike and Adam. Adam uh, is, as Adam is alive. I was gonna say that, for listeners of last so week's episode. Thank you uh, for first of all, thank you for rejoining us again this week on another quarantine check in. Uh, <laughs> we were both uh, we were both sheltering in place again, once again for this week, as the rest of the country seems to be doing. And listeners of last week's episode, poorly, you're doing it poorly, very poorly. Yeah, fourteen
1: hundred really. new cases just yesterday.
0: Just Thanks, yesterday yes. in
1: our county. But I oh, saw them. No. I like, like I said. I drove past the COVID testing center on mm-hmm. Thursday. Like, I went out to the, the lovely the lovely man made lake that may or may not be green for reasons we don't know. But basically, it's like, a nat- it's a natural green. <laughs> you you drive past the world famous uh, Paris Speedway where they filmed uh, the Issues video back in twenty 20- mm-hmm. whatever year that was sixteen. And you mm-hmm. it, and basically it says right lane COVID testing left lane lake access so mm. I had to make sure that I chose the correct lane or else you know I'd be in <laughs> real trouble which uh, lane which fork is it do, do I go get tested for covid right. or do I go catch covid well the problem was I hadn't made a a, a appointment to get my COVID testing so I mean uh-huh. they were going to laugh me out of the, the line <laughs> if I showed up there like a <laughs> nerd what a all nerd. All you had to do
0: was talk about how irresponsible you were last week and they would have pushed you right to the front of the line.
1: Yes so I mean like I said I was going to the lake by myself because um, my, my family you know we, we, we I put them in the ground uh, You sheltered them I all made, in place Well, I, there's, you know, no, they, there's no better they, shelter in place than burying your dead family Well yeah I mean the, but they didn't make it because of the, the whole covid so um, yeah i just I, I rest in peace adam's family in the backyard i mean the baby was pretty easy to get down because she's light yeah but, it's just it's a pretty small hole the rest of them was pretty tough and it was it was yeah. painstaking and traumatizing and all but i decided to go to the lake after and because
0: that. i'm sheltering yeah. in place i couldn't I, I couldn't go there to help him no i wanted it to would surprise have been much you. easier
1: <laughs> i wanted to surprise you on the podcast like with, oh. what went down and so like was well, terrible in, i didn't so get a long. chance to say goodbye to your so family long. i know it's just like every week, but, <laughs> but no. So anyway, nobody... you caught COVID at the lake. Continue. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Nobody got any any sicknesses or anything, but you know, you, you put you put a baby in water that like the water is is cold in parts and warm in others. So you're like, maybe I shouldn't let this water touch my face or mouth or body very much. But the baby Mm -hmm. is just like, hey, or your skin in general, (laughs) or the baby's just like, hey, water is wet and I'm going to open my mouth and she has no idea what Paris is and what paris ever was like you can't explain it to a two-year-old like hey Mm -hmm. we're in paris you don't do that kind of stuff (laughs) this is not safe adam's (laughs) talking
0: about the city i live in for the last 10 years folks
1: it's like all all the city's septic system just flows right into that man-made lake and then we go swimming in
0: this (laughs) you see family you feel this part right now where it's warm you can tell Mike just peed
1: and flushed the toilet. Right. That's what and, that is. And then a, a glee actor goes floating by, you know, it's just. Oh, it's just, no. <laughs> too soon. Oh, oh, no. That show is <laughs> cursed, dude. I mean, not everybody has died. There's a lot of people on that show.
0: One, a <laughs> lot of
1: people on that show. Too many people on that show have died. What are you talking about? <laughs> I know. I know. It's just like the royalty, the Kennedys, like similar kind of thing. So, uh, the Macbeth, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you hear about that, you hear about that myth, I sure did. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I'm glad that you, uh, are, are, are doing well. Like, I'll, I'll admit, I was like worried about you, you were especially worried, especially since you, uh, yeah, I know, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I had no choice in the matter. <laughs> you could have just not gone.
1: No, I couldn't. <laughs> I, there was you, were, you were forced against your will? Yeah. I mean, if your wife says she's going to go... And then you, you, and then like, she's out there. Like the kids are going to go too. And if the kids are going to go, the kids are going to get into everything that's covered in germs. And that's mm. just the world that we live. Kids in. Kids are just drawn to
0: germs. So it's, it's that's like
1: the natural fact of the world. <laughs> There's a two-story water slide outside, but I'm going to keep my kids here, where we, mm. you know, we were invited to partake in that water slide. But I'm going to keep my kids inside, and and we can just watch all the other children have fun. No, it, uh, that wasn't going to happen. But luckily, all
0: you had to do was distract them with TV and colorful movies. For, that were that are meant for dumb kids, like four, Ugly
1: Dolls. Four months, Mike. <laughs> We've been mm. doing that for four months. <laughs> so they're getting used to it. Is that is that what you're trying so to tell me? So used to it. So used <laughs> to it. You know that Ugly Dolls movie has a has a valid point about being pretty on the outside and not on the inside. And so when we told Nora, like Nora, you, <laughs> <what>? <laughs> Nora, you're. I'm gonna be blunt here. You're ugly on the inside. <laughs> <laughs> that that doll is pretty on the outside, but ugly on the inside. And isn't that how you want to be? No, wait. I said the, other way around. <laughs> <laughs> the other way around. Don't you want to be, you know, ugly on uh, or pretty on the inside? And she's no, like, the lesson I, is that it
0: doesn't I, matter what you look like on the outside, as long as you're pretty on the inside. She said,
1: I'd rather be pretty on the inside and the outside. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's just so easy, Dad. Come on. So,
1: Um, I'm surprised you didn't follow that up with like you would know. (laughs) So luckily Blake Shelton and Kelly Clarkson are helping to teach my child about the importance of being pretty on the inside and the outside. Mm, So that you don't have to. Thank you, ugly dolls. Thank you, Ugly (laughs) Kelly Clarkson. (laughs) Hey, hey, hey. Did you not watch (laughs) ugly dolls, Adam? I did. many times <laughs> <laughs> hey pitbull's in it
0: pitbull? pitbull wow i haven't heard that name in so i haven't heard oh. that name since i was married
1: to my ex-wife he plays the rapping ugly doll oh he has one eye but he wears regular sunglasses it's confusing <laughs> <laughs> he should wear a monocle like a I sunglass know. monocle that's what I thought too it would look cooler so I, I, don't oh, think I, I don't think I've actually seen the end of the movie but I've, I've seen the beginning many times
0: <laughs> I don't blame you because I can't get past the trailer <laughs> luckily my daughter's like too old for those little movie for, mm-hmm. for like movies that are obviously skewed very 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 young mm-hmm. so I was spared the I was spared the
1: opportunity of watching Ugly Dolls, which is good. We've seen it all, Mike. We've seen mm. everything numerous times. And now well, we're, we've we're on it. to dependent, the, the descendants. Descendants. We are on to descendants. Is <laughs> <laughs> that gotten any better? Is it?
0: Oh man, has, it, has it? Is is it on anymore or any less? Oh yeah, it's it's on.
1: It, well, it, it, we took like a week off, and then it's been on all weekend. And uh, yeah, that that Sophia Carson makes uh, makes me feel the way that I'm okay with feeling. So, uh, when young adults dress like tweens. I know, twenty seven year olds, adults.
0: <laughs> 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 oh, she's so old. But speaking of good. movies that's that like good skew super young, oh my gosh.
1: There goes the police off to find the, the latest murder victim. At your oh, you can hear that? Off to create another murder, yes. <laughs> <laughs> see, as you can see, see now my joke from the beginning of the
0: episode makes much more sense, right? Mm, yes. I think, I'm pretty sure that was the fire department, by the way. Oh, I heard okay. our... <clears throat> anyway.
1: So I've watched uh, the second one as well, which... Mm, that's the know, one with the sexy pirate, right? Yes, Harry, yeah. Harry yeah harry Harry hook Hook. (laughs) (laughs) it's like Harold hook they called him harry hook i mean that's (laughs) they do a lot of inventive things with this entire (laughs) universe but harry harry hook was one of the worst names Mm that's that
0: that's a first draft (laughs) thing that that's that's a that's a simpsons like Mm -hmm. name it like poochie or something but nothing that dumb like you guys okay with Poochie? Yeah, okay. Let's go break for lunch.
1: Because <laughs> like the, the 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 girl's name is Uma, right? Mm-hmm. Ursula's daughter. I mean, that's yeah, somewhat inventive. It's like okay, we're pretty can good, talk better. But Harry Not Hook, bad. Harry Hook, come on! <laughs> just at first, it sounds disgusting. You know? It sounds like a weird like sex thing. Exactly. Like watch yeah. out, for me, watch out for me, Harry Hook. <laughs> <laughs> so and I I don't know I haven't seen enough of the movie to really know what's going on but um, i mean, like,
0: but also like speaking of like that weird innuendo sounding name like disney channel is very guilty of like inserting in like the sexualization of teens and tweens yes and like throwing in like weird sex shit in their disney channel original shit mm. so that doesn't surprise me that they somebody out there some <laughs> some fucking Middle-aged perv out there He's mm-hmm. right exactly. like, name this kid Harry Hook And it's gonna okay. sound like a weird like, sex position
1: You know, it look mm-hmm. hot in front of Dove Cameron's face Is my Harry Hook <laughs> Yeah, there you go You're gonna put the Harry Hook in front of Dove Cameron's sexy lips Yeah, that's right <laughs> <clears throat> Descendants do <too. clears> Oh <throat> man, as he's just like wanking away <sighs>
0: right, in front of Dove, right in front of Dove Cameron And there's oh, nothing man. she can do about it Because, you know, women are not allowed to speak up About uh, the abuses
1: they take in Hollywood Yes, guess not I mean, you can tell by, by watching Sophia Carson act that she's still like super pissed that she's not the main character of this whole thing. Like you can just but tell her in, in her eyes.
0: It, it's been a long time since I've seen the Descendants movies, but isn't that like part of her characterization? Didn't they have like some I, sort of rivalry that like, like, I no I'm supposed to be the, I'm, oh, wait, no, that's <laughs> the daughter of like who Cinderella or whatever. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, the she's one like that I'm woman. Woman. Yeah. yeah. She's
1: ugly on the inside. <laughs> yes. Mm. So, but yeah, but you could just tell by looking at her. She's just like, oh, this fucking white bitch. I want to fucking kill her. I should be playing Mal. It makes more sense to put me in. I have higher. been <laughs> acting for thirty-seven years. <laughs> <laughs> I deserve top billing in this stupid fucking movie. <laughs> I know. And her parents are like politicians in Colombia. So I mean, she's got like like she's in a she's family got that some goes way, dude. I know. I am a
0: grandmother now (laughs) i deserve top billing
1: oh but i do have impure thoughts when i'm watching her so i'm just trying to move Mm. on from that i'm trying to like Mm. like understand the story for the sake of the good storytelling (laughs) rather than anything else that Um, classic disney channel's original storytelling (laughs) that you that you create i think so i have to like so long since we've been to the movies we just want some good storytelling i have to like check in with nora like so is what's happening here blah 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 and blah 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 and she's like no dad and then she won't explain it to me but like like (laughs) i get so lost in the story
0: you're like so so is sophia carson's character is she upset at dove cameron's character about a thing that they did dad, I really like the dresses. Yeah. Pretty, very
1: much. pretty. She's yeah. like, I didn't know it was so easy to dance in boots. <laughs> <laughs> like, well. I know. Like they are professionals. Dude. <laughs> and it makes me so uncomfortable that that other kid is dead. Now. I just like, <laughs> I <don't know>. guess <laughs> like, seriously, like, Oh, I, that I, poor guy. I, I, it just like makes me really like, I'm so uncomfortable watching this thing. And then like, you know, Don turns on like the, the, the music on the, whatever when we're we're driving in the car and like that rock to the core song comes on. And I'm just like, I hate that song. This song is so overly sexualized. And I just like, I I just skipped over it because I'm like, it makes me uncomfortable. And so Mm. I just, Mm. I just, I just had to let it go. It's a terrible song. It's
0: all terrible. Miley Cyrus used to always like talk about in public how, how sleazy the, the Disney channel execs are. Yes. And how they try to sexualize all the young girls there. Yes. Looks like they were right, baby. I Looks like that's so. not going away anytime soon. I I guess so. I mean, it, it worked with Mickey Mouse. It worked. With, uh, <laughs> I'm still jerking at Mickey Mouse. Have you been to Mickey Mouse's OnlyFans page?
1: <laughs> it is hot. And that goofy one is probably pretty intense, right? <laughs> <laughs> Go yuck yourself! <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, so anyway, today's episode... <laughs>
0: So today's episode, we're going to be uh, featuring heavily a bunch of old bands, you know, because we're we're a bunch of old guys. You know, you know? what's cool is punk from the eighties. Punk from the 80s and early 90s. It and psychedelic real? rock from the 60s and 70s. 1970s.
1: It's when music was music. So You know,
0: all this rah-rah shit from the t- <laughs> t- today. You guys don't know where real music is. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to be highlighting uh some uh old some uh, some bit, a bit of older music that we were uh, checking out. Uh, well I will make an announcement uh this uh for this week. I was actually quite shocked that we were actually approved to get an early press copy of uh Paris's Use Me.
1: Thanks Lynn. Uh, So thank you. Thanks Lindsay. Lynn Gunn. She remembers me well. She knew that we personal wa- f- we really <laughs> wanted to hear the album by the, the 10th. So she sent it on over to you.
0: Yeah, so our personal friend Lynn Gunn Uh, sent us a a, she she came to my house yesterday and handed me a copy of the cd Mm -hmm. uh that that didn't happen i think i'm legally supposed to say that (laughs) Uh, you exchanged money uh, for her or to her i mean right right uh there was no embargo uh in in place so i think we can just kind of talk about it whenever we don't have to wait until uh, the 28th so um so you know i sent it adam's way and yes whenever adam is ready
1: I'll listen to it this week, and we'll we'll judge if we really want to talk about it that much. Because you know, if it's bad, it's got what three tracks from the EP from last year? Three or well, four? Well, three, three good tracks from the EP. It last doesn't year. have my favorite track, but that's no. fine. Well, I guess it doesn't. But I mean, know, I those I, those three tracks are pretty good. I gave it that EP a five out of five. Yeah. But, um, my favorite track did not end up on this album, which I guess is okay. But I don't know.
0: Well, I it makes it hurts. makes the EP hallucinations have more value. Because if all those tracks know. ended up on this EP, we can just throw it uh, If if all those tracks ended up on the LP, that EP is useless. Perhaps I don't. I don't even know anymore. Just it's... like pedals for armor, part one, <laughs> useless, useless, <laughs> and also part two and the full <laughs> album. Anyway, coming to a worst album of the year. Yeah. 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 <laughs> anyway, uh, so uh, before that, we're going to talk a little bit about some new.
1: Future music, music from the future. Do it. Adam, do you love music from the future? Of course. I'm I'm all about that futuristic music.
0: There's um, no mu- there's no albums I love more than albums that I haven't heard yet <laughs> and in my mind are probably great only to listen to
1: it in the present <laughs> and be completely disappointed by it. <laughs> if you listen to that second Bad Religion album, you're going to think you're in the future. Oh. Is that right? The, the distant future of like two thousand, you, know, <laughs> you mean 1983? <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just saying, it does not sound like a bad religion album. But we'll talk about that later.
0: Well, uh, we're talking right now, uh, before yes. we get into some older music, uh, Beartooth, uh, Caleb Shomo, uh, he talked with uh, Blabbermouth.net uh, a little bit about uh, the upcoming Beartooth album. And uh, he, he talks a bit, uh, I have some select quotes from the interview that I want to talk about and share. And uh, he talks about how during the last tour, before everything went into lockdown, he was writing on the road. And, he, and since then, he's been using this opportunity in lockdown to um, kind of... Up the quality of those songs and kind of work on those songs a little bit more, make them as strong as as possible. Yes. Uh, so but here's all, what he has.
1: Bands should be doing that right now. There's no reason for them not to be, right? Yes, we are going to shame a bunch of bands for mm-hmm. not giving us what hey, we want. <laughs> you and I are working our hearts out. It's time for everybody to do that.
0: No you know what? unemployment checks right.
1: for musicians.
0: You're right. Adam and Mike <laughs> are working really hard in this past these past few months, yes. and we
1: deserve
0: <laughs> great music. <laughs> Caleb Shomo goes on to tell blabbermouth.net the disease tour in Europe was our last tour of the cycle. That was finished on March sixth, I believe. And then the next week everything got shut down. Mm-hmm. So we already planned to kind of have taken most of the year off. We planned mm-hmm. on not taking it all off like we were gonna like we were gonna have to. Uh, I'd probably work a ton I probably worked a ton on the record just writing on the road and I brought a studio rig out there and it was great. Nice. When it first started, the whole lockdown thing, I just kind of emotionally shut down for a month. I think, you know, we all kind of did, didn't we? Um, some of us but had he, to
1: keep going to work, but, you know, others, some can, of us did others can shut down. Others can shut down their emotions, um, you know, but anyway.
0: I mean, like physically I was there, but yes. emotionally I was like, oh, we're all going to die. Just like your father. Just like my father. <laughs> uh, but then I just kind of caught a second wind. Uh, Probably two months ago, and I've been ripping through songs. It's been pretty cool. Nice. Uh, About a week ago, I sent a kind of like my first draft of the record to the higher ups, but I'm still going to keep on writing. Still got plenty of time. I still got the. uh, But the record is going very, very well so far. Uh, He spends the next paragraph kind of talking about Bear Toots' song structure and how they've kind of he's and he's kind of um, admitting that they've he's been kind of. Especially, I I I think we can both agree with that last album too. It's been kind of Disease. pretty. Disease was yeah, pretty ho hum. Yeah, it was pretty uh, formulaic, I suppose. And he mm-hmm. goes on to kind of admit that. I'm pretty sure if we looked hard enough, we could find some sort of interview where he goes like, "Disease is probably the best record I've ever written." <laughs> yes. Uh, let's see. It's like some
1: uh, some came suddenly all over again.
0: It's so good, man. <laughs> uh, and so for the new. <laughs> for, the nest, for the new record, he goes, on to say, he goes on to say This one is just jacked mm. Everything is amped to 11 mm. I am so so pumped mm. Obviously this is what you want to think when you're making a record But damn, this is the best one yet mm. Not even close This is the heaviest record This is my best work I'm Most proud I've ever been of these songs It's wild, it's some heavy duty shit Now that is a lot of That's
1: superlatives To talk lot. about one album Anytime I've heard It's the our heaviest album yet it's usually a kiss of death,
0: right? It means it sounds
1: like Papa Roach, <laughs> yeah. right? I, I, it's never been a good thing when a band has claimed this is our, our heaviest album yet, but <laughs> I'm, yeah, Papa Roach indeed. Yeah. So we'll 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 see what that means. Well, he did episode.
0: give a little bit of a hint about the direction that the album is going to go in, but he goes a little bit more specific. The easiest way. I've been trying to explain this record to people without giving too much away. Is if disease, uh-oh, was was AC/DC. <laughs> this record is Black Sabbath. What? That's what? so heavy. Uh, it's a lot more influenced in dark stoner rock, heavy power groove. Oh. Obviously, there's a lot. Uh, there's still a lot of fast stuff and some punk rock and all that.
1: So is but it I a really stoner groove or is it a fast album? Come on!
0: Is it the heaviest record I've ever made? <laughs> Heavy duty shit or what? I'm so confused. <laughs> but I've been exploring with the with the stoner metal side of guitars and guitar and guitar tones and doing different hmm. tunings and a lot of fuzz and chaos and layering the okay. fuck out of my guitar <laughs> tracks.
1: Okay, I, I'm I'm very interested in this. I mean, I'm so confused. <laughs> they don't do a lot of slower stuff, so.
0: Yeah, that kind of it's sludgy true. kind of. Um, but I think Caleb Shomo's voice is very uh, would would kind of match that yeah. style a lot more. Well,
1: like the the final song on Aggressive, now, I mm. can't remember the name of it now, but that that's a you really good slow song. That's just him on a distorted guitar. So uh, I mean, yeah, that, you're right. It is like, a very good song. If it's stuff like that, then maybe uh, we can. We might be happy, but I don't know. I don't trust any band member when they're talking about their album before the album comes out.
0: Yeah, it it, it does. I mean, we talk about it all the time, but it does Mm -hmm. reek of just PR speak
1: it's like yeah, when you're um, when your wife is pregnant with your child you're like this is the one that's gonna make it this is the one that's gonna be the <laughs> superstar they're gonna come out of the womb walking and then like the baby shows up and it's just a normal baby like that's kind of how albums <laughs> are like this oh, you're, you're this so cool. aggressively <laughs> normal <laughs> like this album's all right cool yeah whatever
0: <laughs> yeah I mean uh, before this interview where we I mean we we I guess we could probably say that we were still interested in whatever new of Beartooth course. had in store, right? I, I have to be. I will probably never stop listening to Beartooth. Yeah, right? they have more good music than they do bad music. Mm-hmm. And it really was just kind of, I mean, that last album, to be fair, isn't terrible. I've heard
1: terrible albums before.
0: Yes. The last album was just kind of boring and formulaic it's, and like it's
1: not what uh. we had grown accustomed to.
0: No, yeah, it was definitely the weakest of the three that they've mm-hmm. that he's released so far. So, hopefully, I mean, especially it's been three years now. So,
1: um
0: is it been three years? Yeah,
1: yeah, right. I believe twenty eighteen.
0: Oh, okay. Because so, I was
1: listening to that album when I was driving to the hospital when Iris had her first surgery. Ah, so was, yes,
0: twenty eighteen. Then yeah, yeah. Okay so, so yeah, um, so it's been a couple years, so there's, there's been right. some time separated from disease and um, and you know I've seen, I've seen some sentiment online that the the people do enjoy that album, but I think they just kind of enjoy that music period and you know, and anything new that they get is just kind of like, okay, great, but <laughs> we listen to too much shit, I guess. Kinda how,
1: kind of how <laughs> This is why most fans think that we don't listen to music well enough anymore. It's because we're just like we listen to it and we're on to the next one it's like, yeah, not our fault. There's too much <laughs> to take in. <laughs> you all did, did this. It's not like I'm going to sit here holding on to like disease and only listen to it for the next yeah. four months and then finally my music, find a new album. My
0: music taste is Beartooth only. <laughs> Beartooth <laughs> and Caleb Shomo adjacent
1: bands. Right. That's just not going to happen. So I, I don't know. This is the record industry's fault. I I, I want to blame it on them. Yeah, I, I think there's a wider stopped. discussion. They're there's probably stopped. a wider
0: discussion to have here about um, the oversaturation of music, and maybe we are all to blame for that as well. But how, you ma- know. how
1: many bands are on Warp Tour? Like eighty-five, and we're just yeah. supposed to like go discover new music by watching some random band we've never heard of. Like, oh hey, there's, yeah. we're supposed to like watch them and be like, oh, I'm going to go give that band you know twenty bucks for a CD, ten bucks for a CD. Like, no. I'm, I'm not going to, I've made that mistake too many times where I bought an album and then hated it. <laughs> so oh, haven't we all <laughs> so now I'm going to listen to it on my app and then either put it away forever or listen to it again. Maybe that's just, and yeah, that's just kind of, that's where we are as a culture right now. Right. Yeah. But we, but we,
0: but we, but with that in mind, we are also so far removed from the creative process exactly. as, as listeners and critics. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we don't know that like, Yo, Caleb Shomo worked really, really hard on this new Beartooth album, and we listened to it like eight times, and we're like, okay,
1: (laughs) on to the next. (laughs) Got a busy week coming up. Well, I'm going to talk about this when we talk about Green Day, because there's a reason why I listened to Green Day in ninth grade, and then never again until American Idiot came out. But Ah. I'll explain what it was like to be a music fan in the 90s. (laughs) Well, Adam, (laughs) that was
0: a great transition, because... This okay. week, we're going to be highlighting a couple wow. of, well, we'll be highlighting the non-major label albums from uh, from a band that we're all familiar with, Green Day. And they're still writing music to this day. They had an album out uh, back in uh, February called Father of All Motherfuckers. Uh, we did a review on it. Uh, you know, we go back and listen to it if you want to get our thoughts. But overall, it was like, it's all right.
1: It was, it's not, it's not, it was just it, fine. It was just fine if you want to uh, if you want to hear what green day used to sound like in the stay 80s tuned, late folks. 80s listen to father of all motherfuckers oh yeah it, it was that was more of a throwback album you're
0: right yeah. and, uh, and so i guess that kind of bleeds right into uh this week's episode too we're going to be talking about um so it's a compilation album called uh one uh Ten thirty nine slash smoothed out, smooth out slappy hours, yes. and it is a compilation of the album's thirty nine smooth from nineteen ninety, slappy EP from nineteen ninety, and one. The ten thousand. Uh, what? Oh yeah, you're right. Sorry, yeah one thousand, yeah one thousand hour and uh, one thousand hours from nineteen eighty nine. Yes. So it's a it's a nineteen track compilation, uh, fifty
1: six minutes long. <laughs> right. Now, there uh, is, but you know. There is another track that gets thrown in there at track nineteen that's not on any of these. It's just oh, kind of right, yeah. thrown into the uh, special edition here. Yeah, so the ni- the two thousand and nine reissue of this album. So right um, yeah. So how do we want to like start this? Like, do you want to start with with the thousand hours and go from there? Because oh think... sure
0: yeah. So we can we can talk about um, select tracks that we want because we're not going to go through the whole thing because we're also going to be talking about uh, the other non major label album that they released. Back in uh, two, uh, back in 1990, I'm still used to saying 2000. <laughs> <laughs> back in 1991, uh, Kerplunk, which Wait, is uh, just... which was their first big hit, was um, kind Diki. of
1: kind of a breakout, but not like a it super a super deal. duper breakout. It sold like a hundred thousand copies or something like that, which is quite a bit for a punk band. In the uh, like, yeah, in and the...
0: it would go on in the U.S. to sell one million copies, Ooh, and worldwide man. as of 2012, four. Million copies. Wow. Kerplunk, an album that most people wouldn't be the first album to think of when um, when you think Green Day.
1: The only time I had ever heard of it was I was watching something that Green Day did for American Idiot in like the mid two thousands, and they were like playing the entire album straight through, and it was like a and with the audience, and mm-hmm. a guy asked like, "Why won't you guys do something like this for Kerplunk?" And I was just like, what the hell is Kerplunk? (laughs) (laughs) never heard of that one before. And apparently it was this guy's favorite album. Um, But, and Billy Joe was just like, next time we do one of these things, it'll be for Kerplunk. And it never happened, obviously. Of course. (laughs) Translation, um, please sit down, sir. We have a busy day ahead of us. I haven't thought about those songs in 25 years. (laughs) Because so far, I'm, I'm not... I'm not digging it that much but you listen to it more than me this week I think. Oh sure yeah. Uh, so we'll, we'll say start 1989 1000 hours EP. I told Dawn that I was listening to early Green Day from the 80s and she was like, "They've been around since the 80s?" And I was like, mm. "Yeah, when they were all of like 17 years old this EP." Came yeah. out. And she's like, "I have more respect for them for that." And I was like, "Okay, I'm There is walk, something walk walk over here now
0: <laughs> there is something to be said about a band that has lasted this long True. i mean granted they did start this band in high school yes or i think i read that billy joel met mike uh in high, like <laughs> at, at, at like lunch break or whatever in school and they mm-hmm. kind of bonded over their love of punk rock like and you have green hair i have green hair let's talk do you like weed
1: i do uh, get i to do let's go do weed I do like me some of that weed do you have a and guitar then, i sure do Let's i got a me mind. a guitar and then like <laughs> what nine or ten minutes later the ep was recorded so i mean exactly <laughs> yeah during their lunch break <laughs> in high school so i really <laughs> thought this ep was pretty good um, yeah it's I not it, bad i gave it a three out of four i was really surprised yeah and also keep in mind Teenagers wrote this. Exactly. I was, yeah. uh, but I mean, and most of this early stuff is just about girls and liking girls and girls, not liking you back, but yeah, you know, it's, it's like a Brian Fallon album, but punk. Right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> back when Brian Fallon used to write punk music. Yeah. Back, exactly. in, back in the
1: two thousands. So, um, but I, I did like the a thousand hours EP. I was sure. not a big fan of the rest of this compilation though. This, the thing
0: about this and the thing about, I don't want to overgeneralize it, but the thing about most punk from the '80s and early '90s is it all kind of sounds the same. It all kind of blends together. Mm-hmm. You get the same four
1: chords, but you have to uh, there's try this... to put the ears on like you've never heard Green Day before, and then try to jump into this. And I still don't think I would have liked it that much. Mm.
0: You know, yeah, I, I can see myself uh, like if I was like a if I was like a rebellious little. 10 year old or whatever, mm-hmm. listening to this album, I could probably real, see that like, well, I know, but like if I had listened to this, like in 1990, uh, in 1996 or whatever. Right. Okay. And like, if I was like, Oh, I want to get in, I want to start getting into music. I, I like, I don't, I don't like pop music or whatever, or the right. space jam
1: soundtrack or whatever I was listening to back. Then. Debbie, Debbie Gibson, Debbie Gibson. Yeah. The kids on the block, Marky Mark, you know, hammer,
0: <laughs> but, butterfly by Celine Dion, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> But uh, you know, if, if I wanted to explore a little bit and listen to some to some punk stuff, mm-hmm. like I, I can see myself liking this EP and even liking the slappy EP and mm-hmm. like, all, and, and to be fair, like the, the, this this whole stuff, especially if I knew that they were teenagers when mm-hmm. they
1: wrote this, like oh yes,
0: yeah, I, I, I that would probably inspire me too at a much earlier age to be a musician it's instead like... of you know my late teens and early adulthood.
1: It's like Panic at the Disco, but '90s edition.
0: Yeah, as you get so so. There's so there's a Wikipedia article about how Billy Joel Armstrong met Pete Wentz, and Pete Wentz put them on his. Never mind, it's a dumb joke. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, but to my original point, a lot of these early albums do sound the same, right? Yes. And, and I, but I think that's kind of the nature of. Mm -hmm. 80s and 90s punk is that is that accessibility
1: i can't even say like oh i listened to this and i could hear the potential i would have listened to this and been like well this band's going nowhere and i would have like written them off at that point
0: (laughs) well (laughs) we'll get a little bit into the potential factor when we talk about another certain album but um Mm uh yeah how about we move on a little bit to the slappy ep then Okay. Um. Because that came out just, after the full length, like a, right. A few yeah. Okay. Well, let's move on to the full length then. Okay. Let's we'll go. Let's we'll
1: go chronological smooth. order.
0: Thirty-nine smooth.
1: And this was all just like a, some seniors in high school writing about how crappy it is to be attracted to girls and girls don't like you back. <laughs> We've all been there, man. I know.
0: <laughs>
1: so, um, but uh, you I, know, I gave like it a five see, <laughs> mm. out of ten.
0: Yeah, that, that's.
1: I, I feel like that's a fair. Uh, that,
0: that's a fair score for this. It, it is. It, it is again that late '80s punk
1: sound, pop punk sound. But it's unfortunately, since I've heard Green Day so far and removed from this, I feel like this is what they sound like now. There's, like, I don't feel like there's much growth where they're at with Father of All Motherfuckers, mm. as there was on Thirty Nine Smooth right now, which is really disappointing. But I
0: think Father of All Motherfuckers was meant to be a throwback. You know, I think it was meant to invoke this kind of wow. accessible early 80s... I can't say know, Revolution uh, right, Radio,
1: Re- Uno Dos Trey were very far off from 39 Smooth, but that's okay. Mm. That's okay. That's just, they know what the people want, I guess.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, I think Green Day as a band, as an entity, as an LLC, is so big... That they can really just put out
1: whatever they want, and people will just kind of eat it up. And the news media are like, Green Day has a new music video with celebrities in it. You can find it on their YouTube channel. (laughs) YouTube is a website where
0: where where independent creators go to create content. Right, boomers.
1: (laughs) And the news people are like, What's a slappy EP? Would you say though that like this
0: album uh it would it have been edgy in the because i think you you'd would say you, yes Because you were a young kid at this time like mm-hmm. would, if you were caught listening to this music like let's say you had oh, this man. like in your tape set and it was mm-hmm. loud enough to where your parents could hear oh, would man. you have gotten in trouble
1: I, I i i wouldn't have gotten in trouble but i would have been frightened this especially when i was 10 and i was busy listening to you know mc hammer and mariah carey i would have (laughs) heard this and been like what is this this devil oriented music that i'll never ever have you know any interest in yes
0: Um, and keep in mind this music is also um was is also born during the satanic panic era which is one of my favorite eras of american history like no joke like when all this when all this like oh the devil is in, the, the devil is like intercepted our media and music and there, it's, the devil's trying to co- like corrupt our children through through song and,
1: and, and I thought and that was just like how few, if you if uh, you played Black Sabbath Dungeons and word. Dragons <laughs> and, and Kiss was Knights in Satan's Service all that yeah <laughs> all this
0: shit where that boomer energy was just so strong dude right. and like everyone was so scared of of you, you listen to this and it's like oh it's so quaint yeah. it's so quaint it's all four chords simple stuff it's just kids being kids and mm-hmm. in the garage making music but like in 89 and 90 like this would have been enough to get you institutionalized
1: in some households <laughs> you know <laughs> he likes to listen to this green day
0: what does that mean it's about marijuana <laughs>
1: so uh, what was your thoughts on 39 Smooth it was just kind of like it was there it was an album it's you know if you if this was your first introduction to
0: punk, mm-hmm. I think there are worse ways to get in. Right. Uh, I I think this is this is a pretty good stepping stone into the punk genre. Uh, on the album itself, the song sixteen, I love. I think it's the best song on this on this whole album. It's track seven. Mm-hmm. Uh, did did you like that song at all? Do you remember it?
1: I I don't think so. I liked going to Pesca Lacqua.
0: I like that one. Oh, pretty okay. Well. That's a pretty good one too, and that one, ble- yeah, that one goes right into uh, track 16, and mm-hmm. like that, that one's like the most weird of this al- of this album, which I think mm-hmm. is the reason why I like it because it kind of, it's, it's a break between, it's a break from all the four chords kind of standard stuff mm-hmm. that we're all just used to. Right. But um, but yeah, I, I'm right there with you. It's about like a 50/50 kind of album. I would've,
1: me. like, I mean, this is the beginning of the third wave of punk. Like, right, where there's the '70s punk, and then like I would say, Bad Religion was, and those kind of bands were the second wave through the '80s, mm-hmm. and this was like the beginning of like real pop punk. Um, yeah, I mean, more with Dookie. Dookie definitely like threw the door open on that,
0: but yeah, and Dookie mainstreamified this type of music yes. for yes. For, the, for the people, I and mean, this this is post Satanic Panic. Right. or dookie would be post satanic panic and then like that would kind of normalize this type of music and start making it like a commercially viable mm-hmm. form of music to be like on the radio and on and on MTV and stuff like that and
1: yeah so and then i don't know the slappy ep was kind of like a Hey, we we sold some albums, and here's four more songs, including yep. a cover go. song, <laughs> including a cover song that nobody probably likes from Operation yeah, Ivy. <laughs>
0: it, I, I didn't know it was a cover until I read about it, so you know, it, it, it didn't it didn't do anything for me. Right. And this EP is like like 10 minutes long, so it's and I can it's,
1: re- it's just hear it now. It's always interesting to hear like the bands that they were inspired by, because I can remember people wearing these shirts, like Operation Ivy. I can remember that kind of that name out there but i never knew mm. anything about that band in the you know, mid 90s early 90s yeah, they are a
0: hardcore punk ska band
1: from mm. berkeley
0: california Sexist. that is the whitest sentence i've <laughs> said in a long time
1: <laughs> i've never listened to them but yeah there was, all the weird kids were listening to ska at the time so mm. my mom thought it was like a white supremacist uh music thing ska right? Yeah, she. I remember her asking me that. Like, have you heard of the ska music? Is that like white supremacist music? It's like, no, mom. I have no
0: idea what it is. And... Hey, son, come here. The only white supremacists I know
1: is this. Is this music for you? Did you co-op this music? Like a bunch of nerds are listening to it. Does that matter? <laughs> I know it's just it's just
0: fucking nerdy Jamaican style Jamaican influenced punk music. Right. They it's all have weird how all, like old they'll... people.
1: Go ahead. They all happen to be white and carrying around horns, but does that make it white supremacist?
0: Yeah, and they're like they're influenced by like Jamaican pop. So right. It's like it's so weird how like old people get these thoughts and they just blossom into some crazy fucking idea that like just sticks with them. Right. Fucking white supremacist, behavior, whatever. <laughs> like if anything, like hardcore, because like in in real life, like hardcore for a little while was like co-opted by. Like neo Nazis and stuff, and there was like a yes. whole subgenre of like neo Nazi hardcore
1: punk. Right. Movie, so. That's what uh, William Duval talked about in in his lead singer syndrome. That Ooh. nobody nobody understood because he's talking about the underground punk scene of the '80s in Atlanta <laughs> and all the white supremacists. And and Shane was probably a, like, I don't know what the hell you're talking about. So let's talk about Allison Chains now.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that's what that's what fans of Lauren babbick
1: and <laughs> Kellen Quinn, right? You know, want to listen to. <laughs> So should we move on? I mean, obviously that was yeah. a, a good stepping stone for them. Well, um, before we before we move on to Kaplunk, would you recommend this to people? No, mm. <laughs> at oh. all. I don't think so. I mean, unless you're like us and you need to like absorb everything by a band because you want to really understand, um, but I don't think anybody's gonna like this.
0: <laughs> sure, like while. And I think the reason why we didn't like this—I've been mulling over this for all week long. But the reason why we didn't like this, and I kind of assume that you didn't, you wouldn't either, is mm-hmm. because music has already evolved mm-hmm. so much since the, since 1990. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been 30 years since this album came out. My God. Mm-hmm. But uh, but uh, you, you know, so you listen to something like this, and it's quaint. But um, I'd say as a history lesson, there's this isn't a bad album to check out and it is very brief it's like half it's a little over half an hour mm-hmm. time, or the, at least the 39 smooth just special edition hours. with the EPs is almost an hour yeah but if you just listen to 39 smooth which I think you can probably just do that because uh, you know thousand hours it's is, is, is fine too but you know, mm-hmm. there's I,
1: I, like I think that. but it wasn't like yeah. a like like you have to hear this to understand punk rock yeah it's like oh I listened to the rest of Green It
0: yeah, this isn't. This is a good album to listen to if you just want to know where the state of punk rock was. Mm-hmm. Um, because again, these were teenagers. Mm-hmm. They would have. They would. They would have been the height of the um, of the fan base, uh, pretty much. So they, and 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 to be fair, they were talented teenagers who wrote some pretty catchy songs here. Yes. But uh, uh. So so as a history lesson, this is a good thing to go check out if you want. But it's not gonna blow you away, especially since especially if you heard much better punk albums um, going forward. Yes. Uh, it's, it's good to know where on.
1: we were, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: very good. Uh, so let's move on now to 1991's Kerplunk. Uh, and the, controversial, of that.
1: the controversial album cover that it is. What's controversial about it? Apparently, somebody didn't want to sell it because there's a girl holding a smoking gun and on the back cover... Is a drawing of a dead of a dead boy.
0: Oh, so, you know. so
1: literally, every, the, the premise of every punk
0: song ever written. <laughs> Girls kill boys. Yes. Yeah.
1: <laughs> they either kill boys through broken hearts
0: or smoking guns. Have you heard any punk songs?
1: It just says here certain stores didn't want to sell it. Walmart, probably, but usually it's always, oh it's Kmart, probably Kmart. <laughs> usually, Wikipedia is good about. Uh, telling you which stores didn't want to sell it but that's okay <laughs> um, so anyway kerplunk i'm only like four listens in at this point so i have a relative understanding of it it's interesting mm-hmm. welcome to paradise the original version i didn't know that i uh, yes. was, was here um, that's something i learned this past week too yeah i th- yeah.
0: i always assumed that album was was first appeared on dookie but i guess mm-hmm. originally
1: it was on this album right um so yeah what what what, what do you think mike so since so, you're more into it than I am so far,
0: well into it,
1: I guess I did say, it. I <laughs> guess I did say I was into it. Right. But I guess
0: into it is too strong of an opinion. <laughs> I'm about the same, uh, on this album as I am with the compilation mm-hmm. that we just talked about. Uh, See, but
1: there, I, I was do... really hoping like this would be better than dookie because of that one hardcore fan mm. on that VH one, whatever I was watching back in 2005. It was just like the Kerplunk man that's the album Kerplunk and so I'm just like I'm listening to it like waiting to hear like where's the appeal and so far I haven't heard it yet but maybe someday (laughs) if I were to compare
0: this to Dookie Dookie like knocks this album out of the park yeah in almost every fashion right Uh, this is a pretty this is a pretty standard early 90s punk album but there is like stuff in here to appreciate from a technical standpoint, the bass work were... I feel like is a lot better. Ah, um, yes, I've noticed the, that. Yeah, the bass work on the compilation we just talked about all over the place, dude. It's mm. just some of it's like it, it borderline is tone deaf on some mm. songs and, is, and it's like competent on some other songs. I mean, this Mike, I feel Mike like
1: Durant the... has made it known he really didn't know how to play bass when he first started playing bass, and, so. and it shows, yeah. That was, that was why he listened to <laughs> punk music, was because. But they sounded like what he sounded like when he tried to play.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and, and they it had makes, shitty
1: amps and everything. So yeah, like this, and it makes sense.
0: And, and but that but that's that part of that punk appeal is that weird kind of like we, we don't really know what we're doing, but we're just playing because we're passionate mm-hmm. about it.
1: Yes, and then you evolve and you evolve into being much better by the time. Yeah, you eventually every part. band evolves it evolves into Revolution Radio. <laughs> uh, <and> then, <laughs> I'm just saying, like the bassline on Longview. Like that, that's that's pretty cool. That's it is, like, yeah, iconic yeah. in its own way. But uh, and the you know.
0: bass lines in uh, in in Kerplunk just sound much more refined and like like he's had a year to practice, which he has, because mm-hmm. yes. <laughs> he started off as a guitarist uh, back before they were called Green Day. Mm. Uh, it was uh, Billy and Mike oh, like were both children. the. Guitar- Yeah, they were both uh, the guitarists of the band and they had another bassist and he left for whatever reason and then uh, Mike transitioned into bass. You're
1: going nowhere, losers. Get out of here. I'm out of here.
0: You're going to name name your band after some weed? That
1: ain't cool. You name it after meth like I'm going (laughs) to (laughs) use. Angel dust. And then the
0: the band Angel Dust was born. Uh, And then So halfway through this album, the song "Dominated Love Slave" comes on. Kill it and (laughs) kill that song. This song doesn't need to
1: exist in the history of the world.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So apparently, the drummer Trey Cool uh,
1: is singing on that song, and it's just a. This is his first time with them. He wasn't on the previous album.
0: Right. Yeah. He was. This is the first time. And then they they've kept this lineup. Yeah, and then they they kept this lineup for the entirety of the band. Uh, I mean, they they have like a session drummer, a session guitarist who plays with them live ever since mm-hmm. uh, uh the american idiot days but uh, yeah, they they brought the,
1: him on as a full member at one point and then he yeah went back to being just a touring musician <laughs>
0: yeah but he's never like any of the, in any of the promo shots or anything but right. uh so but they, anyway uh, they made it
1: well known that trey is is like literally a, a mental patient so <laughs> this is not surprising that uh he would write a song like this uh, mm. <laughs> but i'm yeah, gonna skip a... over it i'm gonna skip over it every time
0: I mean, listen to it once, folks. Uh, yeah, actually, you know what? I'm gonna put it on. I'm gonna put it on in the in the background of this while we're talking <laughs> about it. But uh, yeah, it's not a. It's 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 a. It's supposed to be a funny song, and it just kind of falls flat. I mean, it's it's good for a chuckle, I guess. But it's you know, it's it's one of those like, hey, I I want I want I want you to sit on my face. <laughs> you know why not? <laughs> he he wants to be taken advantage of. It's what makes him happy. Don't we all, do. It's fine. You ever see somebody and you're just like, fuck, sit on my face, please? <laughs> I see my wife sometimes so she get out of the shower. I'm like, fuck, sit on my face, dude.
1: He's literally 19 years old when this yep. album comes out. So, you know, what are you going to do? Mike wrote exactly. songs like this all the time when we were in our band. We just never, Did we? We never <laughs> played them live. Oh, I guess, yeah, we were messing around every now and then. <laughs> So, um, but yeah, I, I haven't had too much else stand out to me. I mean, I, I think the opening track is pretty cool so far. And uh, yeah. that's about all I can really say at this point in my listening process. I mean, Welcome
0: to Paradise is what it is. Of yes. course, you know, we, all, we all know that song. We all love that song. The original um, version, yeah. a little bit more,
1: or less produced, I guess.
0: Yeah, this, it's, it's a little rough around the edges, which is part of the charm of this. Because yeah, they would go on to uh, write Dookie not too long after this and then they would be on reprise records for the entirety of their career so I mean, it's, it's good three, on them.
1: three years well two and a half years yeah between this one and Duke so mm-hmm. um, yeah, they get that Rob Cavallo to come help produce right, that album as well so who produced that, that, that album Andy Ernst of course Andy oh, Ernst
0: everyone knows my Andy Ernst my favorite producer. <laughs> <laughs> he even has a Wikipedia oh
1: he, he he worked with AFI as well and Rancid, Rancid and Tiger Army Screeching yeah. weasel, yeah. swinging uterus. No. When, uh, <laughs> I mean, swinging udders <laughs> Yeah, exactly. All so, you know, I guess fans. he is. All I guess he fans. is a pretty prominent punk producer. So, um, so you, you, for you, this was this one kind of fell flat.
0: Oh, I mean, it, I wouldn't say fall flat. It, it,
1: for me, it's just kind of it is what it is. And then you got the special edition throws in the sweet children EP. Which I mm. I don't know the origin of that one yet. I I know they were originally called Sweet Children, but uh, I think this EP came out after Kerplunk came out, and then mm, they put them together. So I mean, yeah, they yeah, just... I'm not I'm not too familiar with it either. I, I didn't listen to the uh, bonus track edition. I just oh, listened okay. to the original edition. Yeah, nothing is jumping out to me too much from the bonus tracks. So I I, I don't think you're missing too much. Cover of My Generation by The Who. I know it's it's it's, it's a it's a relative co- cover. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and that's, and that's the height of <laughs> That's all I can say.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, so far so good. Uh, it's, it's, as far as like our deep dive into into Green Day, I know this is this probably isn't like the most thrilling review process uh,
1: so far, but uh, <laughs> this about- is a we'll talk about dookie more next week because yeah. i have so many memories of listening to this album in 94 95 okay but now i but then i i stopped i just i stopped listening to this band around that time until 2005 with american Idiots. so like i guess i can save that story for another day but that must this was quite
0: a jump in or th- th- really? th- 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 that must have been quite a like culture shock to go right. from this album Exactly, American idiot.
1: Well, and I, obviously, I heard everything on the radio as much as I did. But then I remembered, now that I've been listening to the album this week, and I'm only a few listens in, like I, I would set my CD player to only play the singles. <laughs> so, like, okay, I, I would set it track four, track five, track seven, track eight, track ten, and then I would move on to the next CD. Like that was the only thing. That I listen to so it's kind of fun now to actually listen to it front to back mm. and I guess I'll have my full feeling about it next week um, but yeah and then like I just put this band to rest because in my mind they they weren't going anywhere like we I mean we, we all love this album we all listen to this album in yeah, my everybody had person. it everybody
0: had a copy of it in their car
1: I, we had a copy of it in my mom's van and we would turn it on and i'd skip over all the songs i didn't know and then we'd move on to the next cd so like with, without without cheating
0: adam how many yeah. albums do you think dookie sold as of 2014
1: worldwide oh, i know i read without looking here this week but i'm not looking i'm gonna go with it's got to give you a it's got to give you a hint it's got to go to give you a
0: I'll give you a... It is Diamond, but I will okay. give you a hint. American Idiot worldwide as of 2012 sold 14 million. So how many do you yeah. think Dookie sold worldwide? I'm going to go with 11.
1: <laughs>
0: 20 million.
1: Wow. Well, yeah. Cause cause if, you were, if you were a white kid, middle class, like you you got this album. You listened to K-Rock and you were just like inundated with those five tracks and and M- mtv was playing them round the clock and we were just all like oh man when i come around this is this is so punk like we're we're, we're punk fans all of a sudden and 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 that was pretty much the end of it because i yeah. i didn't follow them into the future because as i'll explain uh, nobody really told me that they had new albums coming out <laughs> and this
0: was, like, like we mentioned a little bit earlier, and we'll talk about it more next week, but like 94 and 93 ish, was like the beginning of like the punk explosion into the mainstream. Right. And, and Green Day was definitely like the, 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 the,
1: the, the band to like lead the way for that. But it didn't so, like capture me the way that other albums of lesser uh, testosterone laden music uh (laughs) caught me so you you know you know what i'm saying you know i'm saying you know i'm saying he's talking about ladies (laughs) i'm talking about you know other bands that we've we've done deep dives into these last few weeks that i was more listening to but uh yeah because it was like it was just a flash for this one it was like all of ninth grade from (laughs) from september of 94 through june of 95 and then i just stopped listening to green day all together and then I was like oh this Good Riddance song what's this all about in 1997 or whatever <laughs> like it was pretty much yeah, it the
0: Good Riddance song there's like a whole story about that that I mm. I still remember from the behind the music on Green Day mm. that I watched on VH1 back in the day
1: yes. but uh, yeah which is a cool story but um, yeah but you were like the target audience mm-hmm. for this band back in the oh, day man. We, we were so digging this one and um, I, I think I might have gotten it for Christmas in 1994 or my birthday in 1994 Mm-hmm. So I, I'm not exactly sure, but I can remember vividly driving to like Disneyland, listening to this in my mom's van, and my my, my, my mom and my stepmom were like enjoying it as well.
0: Well, that's really cool.
1: <laughs> so. See, it's punk that everyone can enjoy. Exactly, <laughs> even your boomer mom will like. It. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, that was it. I didn't like, even though I was listening to to Bad Religion, which we'll talk about in a minute here. In, yeah. that, in that era, like, I, I still didn't gravitate towards punk at that time, like, I gravitated Is there a towards... particular reason toward,
0: uh, for that? Like, it, it was well, it, like, the aesthetic that, like,
1: put you off? What it really was, was that you would talk to, you would hear this album, and you wouldn't be able to find out anything about this band, because there was no internet. You'd had to, like, like, do this insane, weird research to find out anything more about this band and if they had other albums when their next album was coming out it was all a guessing game so like your attention span just moved on to other things so yeah like, it
0: was like the wild west of music releases yeah. back in the day you <laughs> know so it's like
1: somebody would tell me like oh green day like somebody randomly some random guy would tell me you know oh green day had two previous albums and and that was it like it wasn't like i was going down to the record store and looking for them you know by the time i would the next time I went down to the record store, I would have forgotten that I cared to listen to more green day. So, um, so yeah, then you just, you move on with your life and not even realize these bands have more albums coming out or that they're going on tour. Cause it wasn't like I had money to go see concerts or anything like that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so literally like I'm realizing now the importance of me working at a job that I was on the internet all day long from, you know, late, 2000 and beyond like mm-hmm. that was how i was able to learn about bands because i was like on amazon click clicking on albums by bands and reading reviews and being like oh hey this was this album from this year and i'd be like writing down notes on post-its to take to the record store to buy albums
0: <laughs> but before <laughs> there was a period of time that i did <laughs> that exact same thing
1: <laughs> but before 2000 it i had no there was no way to find out this stuff unless you were going to like buy a random music magazine and then maybe you would see like oh hey Green Day has a new album coming out in, in April and, like that, that's the only way you would know it wasn't like the radio was telling you this kind of stuff they were just playing playing a song and expecting you playing to, to insurance know about commercials them. in between them, right? And then they'd say like, "Okay, that was Green Day, and that, that was it." You were lucky if they <laughs> told you the name of the band, let alone what album pop- it comes off of, yeah. yeah. And when that album came out, if it came out in 1989, <laughs> if it's coming out in 1995, I mean, like, I'm just realizing how much of the Wild West <laughs> we lived in before all this, and and how you had to rely on like that cool older person to tell you about yeah, like, the
0: other albums. Like, that guy who hangs out at the bleachers at school who he bumps right. cigarettes off of. He like, randomly think... said something about Green Day. And like, and what, what,
1: what was that? What? <laughs> right. And, and he'd say, like, oh, they have they have three or four albums. I don't know. I, I think I have all of them. I'm not sure. <laughs> so, Here's a mix of...
0: CD that I had. that had, like, some of these songs. On. Right. I don't
1: know. It the same thing with Bad Religion. By the time I was re- listening to Recipe for Hate, like, somebody told me they have a lot of previous albums did they know how many no did they know the names of any of those albums no did they know how long that band had been around no like five, five six <laughs> who knows? Who, who can count anymore you know <laughs> what is an album you know I, I couldn't just go waste time in the record store like looking up all this information because you know i had i, I was like 10 years old or 14 years old i had to be home also, at a time. every shop clerk at every music store
0: i've ever been to is the prickliest person, <laughs> and if you ask them any if you if you ask them any question, or any sort of you're trying to get any sort of information out of them about a band that you like and any mm-hmm. further music, so that I could support your local music store, right they would look at me and talk to me like I was the dumbest motherfucker.
1: Right, right. <laughs> I know. It was just like me asking for the food album by Weird Al. I'm like, ah, the <laughs> check like this kid keeps on calling us every week looking for the stupid
0: bill it's that stupid fucking kid again yeah the one who like gay-ass
1: music so I'm just as I'm re-listening to dookie and trying to figure out how I missed what happened to Green Day between 1995 and 2005 when I finally listened to another album from them I I just realized this was why I had no idea that they were releasing albums during that time because there was no way to find out about it on a regular basis so it was all word of mouth or you happen to be watching MTV at the right time or hear a commercial right. on the radio for at the right time or buy the right, you know, spin magazine that you just wasted fucking 250 on like this. Like, it was ridiculous. And <laughs> When you say it, when you put it that way, too, it's like a fucking
0: miracle that Dookie <laughs> sold 20 million
1: copies. I know. How do people people even know the name of the album?
0: (laughs) I mean, it's easy to remember. I mean, it's poop.
1: Right. And like, that was it. You just look for the album that had When I Come Around on it. Like, well, this is the one I need. Because that was the hit song out of all of those. That was the biggest track, I would imagine. Mm -hmm. So, um, but yeah. So I, I just like had this weird flashback to all of that this week listening to that album. So thank you for letting me vent about that for the last Oh, of course. God, how many hours have gone by that I've been talking now? <laughs> 7 hours, Adam. Longer than the entire discography of Green
0: Day. Exactly. But uh, yeah, we'll talk a little bit more about Dookie in depth uh, a little bit more next week. But uh, you want to move on to some more to some more classic punks that you've been checking out with
1: some yeah. Bad Religion? So my I guess my first introduction to bad religion was in the year 1995 where I I was starting to hang out with my friends more and reject my parents uh, ethics and morals and hanging out with Get my out friends. Of here, parents and my, my friend Chris was rocking this this tape in his car called Recipe for Hate Ooh. in 1995 and I was just like we'd listen to it on a loop over and over again and it really really stuck with me and album uh, seven for the band. How would I have known? So
0: (laughs) I don't know. It's not like you, it's not like you had access to information. (laughs) (laughs) Um,
1: so I, I, I remember asking for that album, I think for my birthday or Christmas again, I'm not sure which one, but again, my mom, she did not go into a tirade of like, is this a white supremacist band or anything? She just, she just got it for me. And that one and stranger than fiction were two albums that, uh, me and Chris listened to. But with Stranger Than Fiction, we only listened to two songs and then we would move on to the next CD. So uh, it's going to be fun to finally listen to that album. So I had had these two albums.
0: You had the album and to this day you've never heard the
1: entire thing?
0: Yep. That's fucking amazing, dude. I know. I I applaud that Audacity.
1: <laughs> we listen to Infected, and we listen to 21st Century Digital Boy, and uh, then oh, we move, that song. Move on to the next CD, and I don't know why. Like that was just Chris would do that. He would just click on those two tracks and then move on. And I, I that was what I would do because I thought that was that fucking incredible. Like, I love that. <laughs> obviously, there's no, nothing else worth listening to on here. And I mean, this album is like so long. I mean, it's all ugh, ugh. 38 minutes. <laughs> yeah. so, I
0: don't have uh, that kind of time.
1: <laughs> so i really remembered enjoying recipe for hate i stopped listening to this band around the the end of 96 i don't think in 97 i was listening to them very much anymore and that was my the last time ever having any information about this band so Mm. uh i listened to recipe for hate when we were doing our top 100 albums and it did not make the list Mm. but um like, I've been sitting here thinking, like, I should probably listen to more Bad Religion albums, and then I would look them up and be like, 17 albums, I can't listen to all this, and then I, they would quickly disappear from my memory, but now, I have the time. But
0: now, that also that you know that every album's, like, 15, 20 minutes long,
1: <laughs> it's like, oh, I can do that in an afternoon. Exactly, so, and uh, just, I, I don't need to ask Mike to, to send over 17 albums, they're just, He doesn't need right, me anymore. Right here on my phone, except for one, oddly enough, but I'll talk about in a minute. Okay. So I jumped right into the uh, the first EP, which on the remastered version, um, they lumped it all together with the first album. Um, okay. So you have the first EP called Bad Religion, and then you have the first album called How Can This Be Any Worse? Or How Can, How Can Hell, Hell Be Any be Worse? Be any worse. Yeah. And then you have the second EP called Back to the Known, which are all crammed together on this special edition of How Can Help Me uh, in-
0: Into the Unknown?
1: No. Okay. <laughs> Let me explain. It's very complex. Okay. So you had Bad Religion, <laughs> the first EP yeah. which like, you know, kind of they made a little name for themselves and then the first full-length album which is all of 30 minutes, 14 tracks. Uh-huh. Um and then you had Into the Unknown come out in 1983. So um, okay, the first EP was '81. The first full length was '82. Okay, Into the Unknown was '83, and then the band went through an entire identity. That's when the band went through an entire identity crisis and decided to break up right. after that. Yeah, you, you talked a little bit about this last week. And then 1985, they got back together um, and did Back to the Known EP, which is the you beginning, <laughs> the beginning of them sounding like them. And oh, then okay. uh, 1988 was the third album called "Suffer," which which is basically where they found their sound and have carried it for the last 30 years, 32 years. But is that
0: period before "Suffer like kind of rough? Like you can kind of hear the band isn't really
1: OK. I mean, they're all, again, high school, you know, Green Day age. They're all 17, 18 years old. Um, that first EP has some of their iconic songs on it um that they still play today oddly enough oh. um, like I, I say i give the first ep a three out of six not too bad for okay you know like eight or nine minutes total uh, but like uh slaves is a really good song I don't, i'm sorry i'm not supposed to use that word but it's still a good song <laughs> jim crow is <laughs> a good song politics is a cool song and i like the bad religion song so those, those three are, are good cool and then the, the first full length, uh, How Can Hell Be Any Worse, which apparently, according to Wikipedia, was Zach Della Roca's uh, breakout album of when he was 13 years old and he heard it. he was just like, oh, my God, my life is changing. So I was I just can like, do that. Oh, <laughs> I, can, I, I bet this album is going to be great. And it sounds like 1982 punk music for pretty okay. solid minutes, four chords, to, you know. Mm. Oh, every drum beat sounds exactly the same you stuff can like that you can tell it's it's a Graffin Greg Graffin or I think that's his name Greg. Mm-hmm. yeah you can tell it's him but he sounds like you know things haven't dropped yet' so, a little boy <laughs> um, but he but, has a very distinctive voice though yes uh, that's, that's, yeah, that's the main like thing that about him. that's the main thing and now like I'm picking up where rise against got so much of their influences from so oh, that's yeah, yeah interesting but I, I'm realizing the hooks. Are much more in the guitar riffs than in the vocals. Is Brett Berwitz's guitar, who yep. is also the founder of Epitaph Records. Epitaph. He's, he founded it when they released their first EP in 1981. Yeah. That was that was it, and then now he, it's one of the biggest independent labels of, uh, of right today. And he like got hooked on drugs in the mid 80s and then yes, quit dr- Quit drugs and came back to the band, and they did "Back to the Known." So, um, yeah, how can hell be any worse? Is is exactly what you would expect a 1982 punk album to sound like (laughs) and then it's over (laughs) (laughs) um, but there's like six songs that i enjoyed on there out of the 14 so okay uh, and they're all like
0: really short too they're all like yeah. two and a half like the longest song here i can see 325.
1: is 325 yeah and man their long songs seem so long because because it's not they're not that great um but that okay. that
0: was especially with like east coast punk fans too like this mm-hmm. that was like the that was one of the trademarks of that uh that early punk sound was that like first chorus first chorus end and and, right. and that's that was basically the formula and it was just like we're, we, we come in we make our point boom next song oh and we don't need to change the chords because the four
1: chords are exactly the same you know
0: makes so it easy to play
1: it live it's fun to listen to it's brief I, I would definitely stick with this back to the known EP um first cause I don't think you're missing like too much like starting right there yeah cause yeah. Apparently, because there's some really good songs on that "Back to the Known" EP, but I'll get to that in a minute because we have to talk about 1983's "Into the Known," mm. um, or "Unknown." Sorry, <laughs> into, "Into the, into un- the Unknown." Known. So that song doesn't show up on here. Dang it! <laughs> but again, it's it's. I guess you can call it hard rock, but there is no elements of punk in this album. It is progressive rock it is new wave it is synthesizer heavy for a mm. for a you know poorly produced 1983 independent album i mean it's not yeah, like i imagine
0: yeah they didn't have any i'm sure they didn't have any money backing up they were just kind
1: of no. doing this all on their own right and i think was this one that i read that they oh like uh, greg either greg graffin or gertz said like a joke that it was such a you know terrible misstep he said um like, they, they sent out 10,000 albums and were returned 11,000 albums <laughs> <laughs> because it did so poorly.
0: <laughs>
1: it's so the only album in music history to chart to negatively on the, on the charts. Right. <laughs> so, like, and word got around that they, they had changed their sound. And there's somewhere in this page where they talk about that they were going to play a show. And, like, word got out that they were bringing keyboards and synthesizers on stage and literally... Twelve people showed up to the show because of that. Oh, so, like, heartbreaking, right? So, I mean, I, 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 for it being their second album, where their first album was so like just exactly what hardcore punk was at the time. To this is like interesting, and I, I, I enjoyed it. I'm not gonna say it's like the greatest album of all time by any means, but these songs are pretty also good. With the
0: Benefit of hindsight too, because you also gotta remember like this scene it's evolved so much but like back in especially like the second and third wave version of like punk it is so in like hardcore and metal too it's so gatekeeper dude Mm -hmm. it's such like you have to sound like this you have to dress like this you have to act like this otherwise you're not one of us so for these guys to do something bold with their art and be like yo we want to you want to try something new and then for like their listenership to like spit in their face like that oh mm. must be hard well, to... and,
1: and it was before people even heard the album they oh just, of course, they just sure it's important mouth that they were gonna uh have keyboards on stage just like destroyed it so like again you know nobody listened to it and it, it was never released on cd um and uh so it's just it's just the stuff that's online so i mean it's there on youtube and I—is that I, where you listen to it on YouTube? Yeah, or did yeah. You, oh. I listen to it on YouTube, and I thought it was perfectly fine. I, I had no problem with it. I mean, it wasn't great. It—it it sounds like Grahm singing. It's poorly uh, produced, obviously, but the way they—they they layered the synthesizers with with the guitars, I was like, this—this this is cool. I—I I can't put this down.
0: Um, it might be a case of. It, it also might be a case of like, this was. Way too much ahead of its time. Yes. Where like people of the time just did just didn't get it. And were just not not about it. Like that happens to a lot. That happens a lot to bands like these days too. Like, like to mine, like Bring Me the Horizon. Like people like don't are not about like their forward thinking stuff. They're just they just want them to write like the same type of music. So right. this type of mindset still like, is ingrained in music culture today. But so yeah. that, that breaks my
1: heart when you tell me that. Dude. <laughs> so nearly thirty years later they finally started playing tracks from this album live Whoa. in October 2010 they performed uh, it a track three not not a song that I like very much but for the first time okay. in 27 years um, <laughs> and uh, they did release it as an LP when they like did their like, 30 years of bad religion all 15 LPs were included and they've been playing uh, one of the songs repeatedly since 2019 and uh, nice. that, that song is really good. It's called the Dichotomy, track five. Um, like really, tra- track five, six, seven, and eight. I'm I'm very happy with. And I thought the opening track was pretty cool. Like, track two, three, and four, not so much. Track four is like a four-part song, so it's like seven minutes long, and it's kind of broken up into all this different range of things. And it's it's a little bit too ahead of its time, I guess, for me to really follow
0: you just recommended that people go start at back to the known but it's, yes it's oh, to me it sounds like you want people to check out into the unknown
1: if you're okay with listening to bad religion with synthesizers and not sound anything like bad religion then go yeah. for
0: it keep in mind it's <laughs> not 1983 anymore so
1: <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> so and when you look at the youtube comments like people are very favorable on this album
0: and well that's awesome I'm glad that like it took I mean it took more than 30 years but or almost
1: 40 years but like <laughs> <right>. people are <laughs> finally coming around to it I think they finally you know put it on YouTube or probably around 2010 and then fans are just like hey you guys should start playing some of these songs because they're not bad
0: <laughs> oh yeah and you got to remember like in 83 when this would have come out it would have only been cir- like the copies that were made would have only been circulating in these gatekeeper uh, mm-hmm. punk circles right. nobody else would have been able to
1: hear them right so um so they took a break after that broke up and then came out with back to the known in 1985 and uh this was this this was kind of the beginning of where they went this is a pretty good um ep and along the way track four is probably one of the best songs that i have heard so far this was like this was probably the first time that they they wrote like I I I don't even I I guess I could say it like the poppiest sounding song other than the into the unknown stuff. Okay. Um, Apparently they've been playing along the way at their live shows ever since. Like that's just a staple of every set it's you know, a minute thirty six, but it's Mm -hmm. it's a good song. It's definitely a bad religion song. Okay. Um, so I gave this one a three out of five. Oh. Okay. Not bad. Not bad at all. And then three years go by and suffer, which are, are you looking at the album cover because that is probably the most that is that is one of the most punk album covers i've ever seen there it is it's a it's a, <laughs> a, it's a young
0: youth wearing a bad religion was that a vest vest leather on vest. fire it's yeah on fire
1: staring in and, in middle in, in the midwest suburbia yep staring at suburban houses so i'm just like mm-hmm. i think i'm gonna like me some of this supper and buy gum I, I, I like this album quite
0: when I, a bit. When, when I think of Bad Religion's music, I, that
1: is—that's the imagery that comes mm-hmm. up right there. Yeah. Exactly. So he's got the, the cross with the line through it and everything. Yeah. Um, so this was kind of I mean, this wasn't like a big breakout album for them into the mainstream, but it was definitely like the one that all the the the, the next wave of punk apparently uh, harkened back to. Like this is what started their love of punk music. Um, And it's, it's, it's just a bad religion album to the core, but 15 tracks long,
0: 25 minutes and 50 seconds long. Yes. Wow. It
1: flies by and it's really hard to pick how many songs you like when they go by that fast. Um, Do the songs just kind of
0: bleed into one another though? mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. Uh, And and I I mean, and, and like I said, it's, it's the guitar riffs that are the hooks. I mean, I know it's like the same chords and just backwards and forwards again, but like I find myself singing the guitar riff rather than the melody. (laughs) Like that that would get stuck in your head. So um, I I think I gave this an 11 out of 15. So I I enjoyed this 25, 26 minute journey into that religion pretty good
0: enough to listen to it 50 times in one day <laughs> <laughs>
1: legit <laughs> you gotta
0: start at midnight but you can listen to it 50 times in a day if you want to <laughs> and that is,
1: that's the weird thing about like the you know two minute 45 second tracks the two minute tracks are like this this song is really long because <laughs> you get so used to the minute 30 stuff that anything, anything beyond that feels uncomfortable Song drags dude <laughs> like is it over yet god like what what is it what can you do that track like I like that song but I'm just like why is it so long and I'm like it's two minutes and 44 seconds what the hell is my problem we're gonna go (laughs) into a second course (laughs) so I I, it's a weird thing and I I don't know if they're just if this is the the attention span of the common bad religion fan is very brief and that's what they were going for or what it was because I read somewhere before that somebody was trying
0: like somebody tried to describe why early punk songs were so short and it was kind of like um a way to rebel against song structure because you, you know go. the music itself like it, it rebels against like so, things like society and politics and and uh and, yes. know, conformity and stuff like that but they, they, they the bands decided to take that one step further and be like i'm
1: not going to a bridge song long as right here right you know it's, it's just like okay that's all you need why be creative or uh, you know, <laughs> a good musician at all or, or like fine tune my skills when i could just end right here yeah and everybody has a good time i mean and maybe that's am i'll bid on my fans and they'll love it <laughs> <laughs> so um yeah so now I'm, I'm moving on to albums four through six and then Re- recipe for hate is number seven so i'm looking forward to re-listening to that one again i know that album yeah. pretty well but i haven't listened okay. to it since 2017 now and I, that that was one where I have the vivid memories of a riding around with my friends in in the cars, but also playing the Super Nintendo by myself. And yeah. So between uh, this and Dookie, like you were like punk kid, man. Uh, ninety four, ninety five. But I was also yeah. listening to God. I don't even know. I mean, I don't think I had my Goo Goo Dolls album yet. Oh, but, okay. But I, I had like I I'm gonna try to do a list of all fifteen albums that I had. Throughout the '90s until I discovered The Doors, because that, that was all I had was was like this CD case that held 15 albums, and mm-hmm. from 1994 through 1998, like so I had 15 albums, and that was it. <laughs>
0: <So>. And those <laughs> CD case binders were expensive, so <laughs> were. wanting to get more, that was a big ask. That, that, I wanted
1: to get a bigger one? That was a big ask. <laughs> so I know dookie and recipe for hate were on there but also to like a meatloaf album on there a brian out Adam adam's greatest hits album on there um all my. all, all there was an
0: embarrassing amount of time for me where the space jam soundtrack was oh, yes. in my cd binder for of course i'm not gonna i'm
1: not gonna admit publicly how long
0: that wasn't my cd <laughs> binder for but you know i'm just gonna say it's a long time
1: right and then i slowly incorporated you know Boy Named Goo was like, hey, this, mm-hmm. this is still punk, right? And, <laughs> and I, I think I might have put Pearl Jam's 10 in there. Um, but I had, I had to borrow that one. And uh, and oh, Let Us Not Forget, Live. Um, mm-hmm. I don't, is there any, anything more about the beginning of Bad Religion that we want to talk about before I move on to another band? Or I do you think... want to talk about The Doors now and I'll come back to live? because we
0: could? Oh, it's, it's up to you. But as far as like Bad Religion goes, I think you've just scratched the surface Mm -hmm. so i'm looking forward to uh because i'm going to be uh downloading their discography as well i'm going to be uh trying to catch up with you okay Uh, because you know you know in between the new paris album and then continuing on with green day and stuff and of course with with the doors and you know so i've I've been wanting to like now that you especially now that you've uh kind of sold me on bad religions early stuff especially that into the i'm so interested I, in it, into the unknown I, album
1: i i know that i really liked it i'm sitting there listening to it just like wow i i'm really surprised that i am enjoying this i mean i gave it a five out of eight so it's not like the greatest album of all time i but... mean that's still good though but like mm-hmm. the way you're describing <laughs> the
0: the atmosphere and the mm-hmm. change and the shift in their sound like i, I think i'm going to check out back to the known first and then go check out into the unknown just to, just to compare and contrast okay
1: because if you if you Just gave a few spins to "How can hell be any worse," and Mm -hmm. then and then go into the unknown. Um, That might be a a huger contrast. Oh, (laughs) because at least back like back to the known sounds somewhat where suffer is just suffer is much better produced. Oh, okay. Um, So yeah, that's just that's that's what worked for me. But it's, my imagination is like racing right now so <laughs> it's a so. very interesting 32 minutes of music very cool so we'll talk a little bit more
0: about green day and bad religion uh next week uh so do you want to talk about because you you just you just told me today that you're going to check out uh, some more oh no you you talked about it a couple a few weeks ago that you're going to recheck out this album from 20 uh, 2006 from a band called live yes. it's a band that like not a lot of people talk about but they've had Quite an impact on I the modern rock
1: so. industry. I mean, obviously, the '90s were a better decade for them than other decades. Mm. But just um, like a lot with a lot of French bands, too. You know, yeah, because I again, it was another one of those albums that every white middle class kid had in 1994 was was throwing copper. Um, right. Got your your lightning crashes, your eye alone's, um, and and selling the drama. Like those were the big hits from that album so uh like i i i will save a further discussion of that band until you are more familiar i feel um if you do want to take a, a, a deep dive into their discography well they are on my spreadsheet to go check
0: out but uh, okay. they are a little further down on the list though okay so, so I'll, I'll get there eventually but uh, what what spurred you to want to go check out 2006's songs from the black mountain
1: well a very had...
0: critically divided album according to Metacritic.
1: okay yes so i it was just the album i hadn't heard i can't i can't count the oh. turn the turn from 2014 is with a different lead singer um so i i can't really count that one in the same way but if i ever find it i'll probably try to give it a listen but it's not on my, my app, so maybe YouTube. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I was introduced to this band in 94, and that was the only album that I had until about the year 2000, when Cameron, my good friend Cameron, uh, asked me if I had ever heard of this band called Live. And I was like, I sure have. I really enjoy that Throwing Copper album. And he was like, have you not heard Adam, it? have you ever heard this band live? Which band live? <laughs> which band live? Yes, that band live. <laughs> exactly. Which band, li- which <laughs> band though? <laughs> oh man, who's on first? What's on second? <laughs> we just went in a loop for like six hours. And so we finally figured out what we were talking about. Um, but he had The Distance to Hear, which is their one, two, three, fourth album. Now I had never heard of that album, knew nothing about it, but he had had it for some reason. So we basically just traded albums and um, equally fell in love with the opposing album quickly. And I was mm-hmm. like, Oh shit. Like I didn't know this band actually did other stuff that I enjoyed. Um, so I quickly went out and bought secrets Samadhi and I was just like, Oh, I don't know what's going on here. Um, <laughs> this is, this is not my jam, but we were so like sprung on like how wonderful throwing copper and the distance to here were that we, we we bonded over that and created our music musical endeavors around that that band quite a bit until so okay. the ex- excitement that was V, which uh, is is a really really terrible terrible like I don't even oh, I don't I don't think I even want you to listen to it <laughs> album um, like I, I I was reading about it this week and there's this whole crazy backstory to it with the record label and everything went downhill after that for the band and uh like the guitar player was like basically suicidal after that because it was there was such like this all this drama that went on uh, so yeah because it wasn't supposed to be released it was supposed to be like a it was basically like a first draft album that they threw together to give away for free and then the record label heard it and was like nope that's going to be your next album and they were like stuck with it so it's it's
0: really bad Um, The song forever may not be long enough plays over the closing credits of the 2001 film, the mummy returns.
1: That's everyone's
0: favorite movie. (laughs) The mummy returns.
1: I I listened to that album again this week. And like that, that chorus is so bad on that song that I don't, I don't even know if I want to expose you to it, but, (laughs) um, but 2003's birds of prey was a redefining moment for that band starring margot robbie and uh it's p-r-a-y p-r-a-y mike remember we're a good christian podcast where we focus on (laughs) the lord (laughs) yeah um so it no but but that album is pretty awesome and it was definitely like a yes this band is back and then like my radar for this band just fell away because i just wasn't following them and seven or eight years later, I found out that songs for, from black mountain were, was an album that was released. I was like, Oh, maybe I should listen to that someday. And then now 10 years later, I was finally able to listen to it. (laughs) (laughs) So that's, that's my live story.
0: (laughs) You were, you were were cleaning out your closet to, to give stuff away to the, to the the thrift store.
1: And you found this album. I'm like, Oh, look, Mm -hmm. I should probably listen to that before I give it away. Yes. So I was just like, you know, I've enjoyed a fair amount of their previous discography. Um, and uh i should i should give the songs from black mountain finally another shot i kept on pushing it down on my list of things to listen to but this week i was like it's it's gotta happen i gotta finally do it their
0: second most recent album um preceding the turn from
1: 2014 with the new lead singer the band band broke up in 2010 Mm -hmm. only to reunite in 2018 for an ep that wasn't that good um, mm. They seem to be a lot happier now than they were back in the 2000s. So this "Songs from Black Mountain" is a very good album. I will definitely not put it on same par as the greatest albums that they did in the 90s. Um, but you got your you got your, your 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 powerful alternative rock choruses. You got some pretty good bridges there. Um, the guitar work, as always, is pretty awesome. And I gave it an eight out of twelve. Were there any uh, big, gigantic, like mega hits on this album at all? Not that I know of. I, I didn't recognize anything on it. Mm. I'm so, looking at the track listing. I don't mm-hmm. recognize anything as well. Uh, Great closer, "Night of Nights." Really, really good song. Actually, the, i say the first, the first four tracks are dope. And uh, "Wings" wasn't really my jam. Um, wasn't a very good show either. I know. <laughs> 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 um. Yeah, so it just kind of trails off towards the end, but at least the closer was a really good song. So, I mean, you got your Ed Kowalczyk, who's got that that high range. He's a very falsetto singing kind of guy, and mm-hmm. it's kind of a it's it, it, it his style kind of grows on you over time. But uh, check out that Throwin Copper album, and if you're a fan, then we can discuss the rest of them because that's their technically their second album mental jewelry was the one that came out before that and that album's pretty good but it's definitely not where they went with throwing copper okay Uh, and again i don't know if throwing copper is just a nostalgia core thing for me because that was that was all of ninth and tenth grade and then i rediscovered it again in the early 2000s and just was like wow this is exactly what a album that you're going to pay $25 for like it's like, this is the album that you feel like you got your money's worth. Okay, that cool. Would, without a doubt. <laughs> no, they have a song called Iris as well. They do. And that song is pretty cool. Okay. So I, I've mentioned that to you before, but I understand you didn't, you didn't know. <laughs> you, you say lots of things to me. Right? I know, I know. <laughs> um, so just a cool, real, yeah. real quick, uh, hashtag me too. Uh, oh. uh, I want to say a warning warning trigger warning for the song waitress. Um, You know, it's not, it's the only song on the album I don't like, but it's, it, it, it's, it's a song that when you're 14 and 15, you're just like, Hey, hey, hey." so (laughs) that's, that's all I can say. That's all I can say about it. Um, You're talking about
0: in throwing copper, you mean? Yeah, yeah. The song "Waitress," okay. track eleven. Is, is it one of those like, "Hey, women suck, right?" <laughs> but Waitress. we love to fuck them. Hey.
1: <laughs> it's the little. It's maybe not so much a love to fuck them, but it's 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 not the most pro woman song. Oh, okay, say, in the entire world. So I, I ended up calling that one the only track on the album that I don't like. Oh. Um, and we can just kind of go from there. Okay. Cool. I will keep that in mind going forward. I mean, I, it's a I song
0: title to remember.
1: If you're not kind of convinced on that album by the time you listen to the first track, um, then then you might be all out. But that first track is pretty heavy, both. Figuratively and metaphorically and literally okay. and um, collectively. <laughs> and, of so.
0: and even like, wait, like you pick up the album and it's like, <laughs> yes. oh, this is a, this is a really thick booklet inside here. It's very heavy. Right. But, uh, well, I mean, I've, I've enjoyed me some, uh, some, uh, some grunge history lessons in the past. It's been documented
1: on the show. Right. And I guess this band could be considered, kind of grunge but not really they're just they're really alternative rock. rock I mean exactly what you would say an alternative rock band in the 90s would sound like like that's that's live all the way but they really okay. knew how to write a good chorus I leave it to that
0: very interesting that's cool you got to you get to go back and check out something you haven't checked out
1: before mm-hmm. but oh V. I do not I don't I don't give out a lot of <laughs> one out of 13s for bands like but Ooh. Oh, man. I mean, is it really that bad? It's bad. Oh, man. Wow. And, uh, and then I have to read the story behind it. Like, the guitar player wrote an entire, I don't know, whatever he was writing. He was like, I don't know if he was doing like an autobiography or anything about it, but he goes into vivid detail about like how that album basically almost destroyed him as a person. It's like, wow, I totally understand it. <laughs> mm, wow. <laughs> and all the fallout from it and the re- record industry crap that was going on in 2001 as everything was shifting away Mm -hmm. from people were paying for albums. And yeah, it was, it was pretty bad. And nine 11 happened, which didn't help, but a little (laughs) event you might've heard of, you (laughs) know? So it was interesting to read about that this week. Yikes. So, um,
0: yeah. So on to some more older stuff. How about that? Even (laughs) older, even old nay the oldest album in this episode yes. it is called morrison hotel which resides in chicago you know what's interesting that it's, um when you type in morrison hotel a,
1: the, the the one for the album cover is in la but that right it, it's not there anymore
0: oh okay when you type in morris the the term morrison hotel mm-hmm. and uh in, in wikipedia the first thing he's the first thing that pops up is the doors album the second thing that pops up the hotel. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. That's how you know you made it, I think, right? I
1: think so. I think so.
0: So yet another shift in style for the doors. Right. We are now transitioning to less of a funky, funky funk rock style to more of a blues rock style.
1: More of a blues rock style. And and Jim was pretty much ready to quit the band after the soft parade. Mm. Ray talked him into hanging out. For six more months, and uh, they were able Come to make on, man. this album. Just write, just write another record with us, bro. It's all right. It's you can do be it.
0: Okay. I mean, it's uh, not like you're going to grow down to be one of the most famous singers of all time. I mean, it's okay. Bro. You can do it.
1: A few songs were left over from the early days of the band, from okay. what I read. Like uh, "Queen of the Highway" is an older song. "Indian Summer" is an older song. You make me real is an older song, and Waiting for the mm-hmm. Sun was supposed to be on that album, but it, for some reason, didn't. Okay, what if maybe they,
0: maybe just wasn't done? I guess maybe they needed to refine it a little bit more. Maybe you know you know more about Doors' history than I do. I'm just I'm just kind of a pass a passenger in this ride, right? Yes. But, uh, <laughs> speaking of which, I want you to keep in mind I listened to this album for a week. Mm-hmm. I don't have the history uh, uh, of Morrison Hotel like you do. Uh, which you did mention last week, This, this, you, you have considered this as your favorite Doors album at I, some point in your I, life.
1: I, I did for a while there, back in yeah. the late 90s. It's not anymore. It's not anymore. So, so.
0: Not anymore. so <laughs> keep that in mind when I say this term. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Pretty good. I, pretty that's good. exactly
1: not... what I felt listening to it this week. I was mm. like, cool. Well, maybe at the time, I would have <laughs> felt differently, but... So far, I would yeah. say, um,
0: what would I what would I say? I'd, say? I'd say Waiting for the Sun is my favorite album so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, yeah, uh, at least it's, as far as where I am. It's
1: a the pretty, pretty middle, good track. It's a pretty good yeah. track. I will definitely give it that much. That That the,
0: is pretty dope. Yeah, the middle. Um, oh, I, well, I meant the album. Sorry. Yeah, the album yes. Waiting for the Sun is my, is, is my favorite. Yes. But the, the song here is, is really good as well. So, the middle part of morrison hotel is the highlight for me like starting with the uh, peace
1: frog i really like the song, peace blood frog. in the streets mm. taken from a from a poem he wrote called uh, co- originally called abortion stories yeah there you go <laughs> it's, it's it's fun for the whole family yeah i hadn't heard that song in a long time and i was like oh yeah this song is pretty cool
0: yeah in, in an album that kind of starts off uh I mean, I can imagine if you were like a huge fan of the Doors back in the back in 1970 and the late 60s, like they would you would start this LP and be like, well, what is this? What is what is this? Sh- they're Man shifting their sound again. This
1: morning and I got yeah. myself a beer.
0: Yeah. I mean, it definitely has that kind of Americana feel, uh, which is I mean, I don't, I don't think of the Doors when I think of Americana. No, so it was it was definitely it was definitely an adjustment. Uh, going into going into this album, but right when you get to like Peace Frog, though, and then you go into Blue Sunday, which is a beautiful little love song. And
1: uh, I didn't I didn't know that Jim was kind of listening to Frank Sinatra at the time, and I felt that was a very Frank Sinatra esque song. Yeah, there you go. You just put
0: you 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 finally expressed what what I felt about that song. I I, I couldn't put it into words, but this whole week I'm like, oh yeah, you're right. There it you is know. a Frank Sinatra
1: esque song. So thank you for that. And you're digging Ship of Fools and Land Ho? Because those are the low points for me. Oh, you know what? Those songs are pretty good. <laughs> I like me some pirate <laughs> songs, you know? <laughs> I'll, I'll take it. it. It takes me in a weird, I don't know, like like uh, this, the story within them doesn't really capture me very it's, well. <laughs> it's Yeah, when compared to the other tracks of, of,
0: of all 11 of these tracks, th- those those two are definitely the outliers. Mm-hmm. But you know what? I like me some outliers. I, I root, I root for some underdogs once in a while. There you go. You know, <laughs> so sure, throw in some th- some songs about pirates. I don't give a shit. <laughs> like you guys are already, you guys have already proven to me that you're willing to do like any weird shit that comes to mind. So yeah, why not? Throw it in there. Go so, for it. You know, I, 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 those songs. Again, keep in mind, I didn't, I don't, I, don't have the history with the Doors. I am more of a passenger and on this journey. So, uh, so, those, oh, I don't those know if those are, songs have any differing,
1: differing meaning those are robbie songs like oh. robbie, robbie has songwriting okay. credits on a lot of this album but oh sure yeah um but they're jim and robbie songs
0: right right yeah but uh yeah so like i said i don't have like huge like attachment to to this band or mm-hmm. or, the, or the songs or i don't i'm not, I'm not familiar with like the vast history of oh, these yeah. songs like well, like i said this different this,
1: meanings. this is kind of the forgotten album. This is the one that you got, you got Roadhouse Blues, which is like, you know, one of their famous songs, but Mm -hmm. that's about it. Like none of these other songs are super huge for them. I mean, Waiting for the Sun was on my Greatest Hits album, um, but I don't really know if people really recognize that as being a Doors Mm -hmm. song. Um, so apparently peace frog was a single back in the day, but I wouldn't say that it was like a famous song for them.
0: It wasn't anything I recognized either. I uh,
1: recognized Ho- roadhouse
0: blues again. I don't know where, hmm. but I guess it's just one of those. Yeah.
1: It's a
0: great, great riff too. So, yeah. I mean, like it's just, I'm sure it's just something that was
1: played in the background.
0: That at was some the track point
1: in my life. That was the track that they opened and closed the show. I went to with, Ooh, and then, you know, that, cool. that meant when they say, Got up, woke up this morning, and got myself a beer. Like they they play that whole solo going into it, and then they said the the band would drop out, and the whole crowd would sing. Uh, got myself a beer, and that was that was pretty cool. So um, I was like, you everybody just described that. Me. I got chills. It was pretty cool, and and to do it twice, which I don't know why they played the song to open and close the set. But still, hey, we don't have any more songs <laughs> kind of out of material, guys. Like, I, I was just in there like, why are they doing this twice? But then at that moment, when every when everybody screams out, got myself a beer. Like, I was like, oh, that's why they did it. I get it. <laughs> yeah. Everybody he wants to, to scream it out. <laughs> again. Uh,
0: yeah. So, but as far as Morrison Hotel goes as an album, I mean, it's pretty, pretty, pretty. All right. Uh, what did you feel
1: about the spy? Because that's the song, spy. That song is pretty epic, in my opinion. It is a
0: pretty epic song, especially coming off of a, I guess I can call it silly, like kind of a silly uh, pirate song coming right after that. Now we're right. going back to like, oh, then this
1: is like the serious door stuff, right? Now. Right. Like, That's a man, whole, what are the... whole song about infidelity within a relationship mm-hmm. of two mm-hmm. young people. One of them may or may not be a famous musician, <laughs> his girlfriend is oh man, three years younger than him, which like (laughs) I was putting all this together in my brain, like, wait a minute, he was 26. All of, all of his musings was about this particular girlfriend and she was three years younger than him. So this was, this whole band was just created about like two morons trying to make a relationship work (laughs) in their early twenties. And I'm just like, that i can't i can't process this and yeah and then you listen to something like the spy which is all about you know uh searching trying to find somebody cheating um yeah which is also strange too because like just two songs or
0: three songs earlier blue sunday which is a Mm -hmm. beautiful little love song and then this like hateful this (laughs) hateful like (laughs)
1: Um, i know your deepest secret fear i was like wow this escalated very quickly (laughs) everything i was just like i I, listening to it this week that was the first time i really like appreciated that song and i I, i think i feel like i had to listen to it as a 39 year old to really be like wow that like lyrically musically with the guitar and the all the slide stuff there it was like yeah, the song is is one of the best Dora songs I've ever heard. Oh yeah,
0: and I don't know if it was intentional, but you know, coming right after the song "Land Ho," it, it just kind of it hits you a different way because, mm-hmm. like I said, "Land Ho" is a little silly and it's like, oh, pirates, <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then like this this this, this, this stabbing this this, this this stabbing hurtful song mm-hmm. spy comes on immediately right after, and like, wow, that hit, me, hit me right in the feels, man.
1: Exactly. And then you're like, oh, I mean, it's a 25-year-old and a 22-year-old having, having a marital he was, spat. He
0: was just ahead of his time.
1: I know? think so. It's it's so hard for me to wrap my head around. Because when, when you're 17 and listening to it, you're like, man, 25 years old. That sounds like so, so old, old. And, and so worldly. And then when you listen to it at 39, you're just like, oh, my God. What the fuck <laughs> was I thinking? <laughs> what a dipshit. <laughs> it's so weird. It's so like mind fucking but yeah anyway <laughs> but uh i mean uh one one thing
0: that kind of bummed me out for this album too is like you know leading up to morrison hotel i was used to every doors album having like an epic finale
1: mm-hmm. uh maggie mcgill can, it's a good, song, a good song but it's just it's not, not epic
0: doors epic mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't it doesn't it kind of does leave you wanting more it does right. make you feel like there's something missing from this
1: album so and i and i didn't I guess, even really like that song until many years after I first listened to it. So mm. like now I yeah, can at least listen to it and be like, have oh. that finality, you know, yeah. it, it,
0: it's, it, it definitely, there's definitely something missing from this album.
1: So, um, it was the band, you know, trying to stick together. And again, at this point, this was their fifth album with this producer that they had mm. grown increasingly despondent of. And, you know, you mix in all the drugs and the alcohol and everything else that was fueling all of this. And Jim, I mean, you, you, you got to read about him getting arrested, uh, in those years too because he's like looking at all this uh jail time potentially and all this stuff at that exact moment which you'll learn if you watch the documentary or you can read about it on wikipedia it's all there
0: i'd rather watch a documentary
1: okay (laughs) it's fun to like to read about it and then like see the actual footage of it and you're like oh that that really paints a picture much better
0: Part of me really likes being emotionally manipulated by by uh by Johnny documentaries Depp,
1: by Johnny <laughs> Depp yeah. and Johnny Depp as well. Yeah. P- potential future woman beater Johnny Depp. I don't know. He's, uh, he's you know what? A trial right further
0: now. further evidence is going to show that you know I you know, hope it, so. it might,
1: It's the uh, opposite way around. And... It might be. Oh, Amber. So I think
0: it's to mess. Anyway, this album,
1: you know, it's it's definitely a step up from Soft Parade. It's missing okay, that, yeah, that epic that. closer. Um, but it's the band kind of wanting, starting to sound like what they wanted to sound like, um, regardless of what the producer was forcing them to do. And so they yeah. finally... They, Even though
0: it does go in a different musical direction, like with the kind of bluesy sound, it does feel more doorsy than, yes. the, than the Soft Parade does. Yes. Uh, not that the Soft Parade's a bad album, but it, it's just it just feels like... Like, Oh, we're, we, we're back on
1: track to playing music that our fans like. Mm-hmm. So then you got LA woman coming up and this is kind of the, 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 the culmination. Apex. Yeah. I mean uh, like they started working on it with the producer and basically we're like, we're, we're, we're all done with each other while they were working on the demos for LA woman. And so uh, taking that new direction, just kind of took this album into a whole different realm that I really, I really hope you like, because mm, it's it, it's definitely bluesy. But r- just remember that my first experience of hearing a Doors song that wasn't popular, like because because LA Woman* was the first album I bought. So right when the *Changeling* track one comes on, mm-hmm. like, like I, I I I don't know how to put it. Like I had never a heard a Doors song that wasn't a single before this, and. That song is so not sounding like a door song, but it Mm -hmm. was it it sucked me in so much at the very beginning of where my brain was going with music at the age of 17. Um, All right. I I was I I hope I hope you enjoy this album. That's all I can kind of say. Okay, cool.
0: Well, I'm I'm definitely excited. I know you hold L.A. woman to high regard. So I love that I'm finally here. You already know how it ends, so I guess we'll just leave it at that. Oh yeah, we've all heard "Riders on the Storm," so you know. But it's gonna be good hearing that in the context of the album too, mm-hmm. and how that how it fits in, in in the story and the tone of the mm-hmm. album. Because it'll be fun. The, uh,
1: that whole side B is is pretty cool. I
0: don't know. This next week we're going into Dookie. I'm, I'm just going to stop it right there. Uh, we're going to play poo. So we're going into Dookie. We're into some more. Uh, we, we, which is a which which is a uh, a zeitgeist kind of album i'm going into la woman which is another zeitgeist album mm-hmm. you know and you're getting into kind of like the the formative years of uh bad religion and, i think so uh, yeah, yeah uh, the al- albums
1: like- are still short they're all 30 to 35 minutes so i mean he, adam finished it like
0: while we were talking about the doors <laughs> <laughs> exactly but uh yeah so we got we got some more stuff and we'll talk a little uh, yeah we'll, we'll we'll fill out. Um, the Paris album. Cause I I've, mm. been, I've, I'm enjoying it so far. Okay, um, I guess uh, I should give my preliminary thoughts like of the three albums, it's my least favorite. Okay. Uh, and I think it does the, the least interesting things of the three albums, but that's mm. not to say it's a bad album. Okay. So I'm interested to hear what you thought, uh, you, you think of it and we'll kind of uh, go from there. We start, might give it a today. track by track, but, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see where we are. Okay. We also got a lot to talk about for next
1: week. Yes. I was, uh, I was, I was, hoping we could do just an entire doors retrospective. If, uh, I don't know if we can just take up a chunk of that time, but we can devote the entire show to that. And the rest of our fans could join us the week after, but uh, you don't want me <laughs> to do like other voices and full circle. And no, no, there's no reason for that. <laughs> okay. <They're laughs> I've, them, though. I've never listened to them, so I wouldn't even be able to give you any, any thing <laughs> about them. <laughs> other
0: voices is, is, is just without, uh, of, yeah
1: it literally yeah. came out three months after jim died That's right. weird. Yeah. <laughs> i've never ever heard it and i don't think i want to okay because <laughs> never...
0: so, so you don't count these as like doors album because jim's not in them
1: there's a track on here yeah. called i'm horny i'm stoned come on <laughs>
0: <laughs> well adam sometimes people get horny and get stoned like don't you want to know how that story ends <laughs> no no idea. <laughs> okay
1: Well, then we'll just leave it there and you'll be caught up with the rest of America. (laughs) All right.
0: Well, American Prayer is technically a Jim Morrison album.
1: I have heard that one a few times. I can't say that I'm like well versed on it. But if you all it is, is uh, is him reading his poetry and the doors added music to it 20 years later. So why not? (laughs) So check out the documentary. um, Yes. Between I say, check it out while you're listening to LA woman, if you can, or maybe towards oh. the tail after you've feel like you've absorbed it enough. Cause what's the name of the documentary again? When you're strange. Okay. Narrated by Johnny Depp. Mm. And I found it on prime and i i had watched it before and it does get a little dramatized. And a yeah, l- I mean,
0: that's, that's true of every documentary list to be honest.
1: It doesn't need to be an hour and 20 minutes. It can probably be like an hour and, but they they added in some fluff but at least it gives you a good understanding of how Jim was on stage which I think okay. is a very important thing so they do it there's a lot of live footage probably more than was necessary but I but that's just me because I've seen plenty of live footage already
0: that's probably what people going into a doors documentary
1: are coming to see though right yeah so at least they 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 talk enough about each album they're like oh and then morrison hotel came out but then la woman came out and blah 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 blah. so (laughs) it's a very brief when they talk about that album just like
0: very cool most
1: people it was
0: was definitely a good time talking about albums that came out before i was born so (laughs) pretty much all episode yeah i think this Uh, is the uh, best
1: you're gonna get from everything i've listened to from before i was born I, i never found anything that was as good as the doors were well, it's a
0: shame that music finally... You know, it, 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 it's a good thing that music finally existed after 1980. Whew, uh, you know, we're lucky. Thanks, thanks thanks for catching up,
1: music. <laughs> but I'm sure the boomers out there can give us much more information about that.
0: All of our boomer fans, yeah. Can, <laughs> they can, you know what? If you are one of our boomer fans and you want to give us a, a recommendation, <laughs> or if you're not one of our boomer fans, if you're one of our normal... You are one of our normal well-rounded <laughs> smart fans you can also check us out and talk to us over on facebook.com slash with mike and adam but you're probably not over there if you're not one of our boomer fans just <laughs> let's just be honest uh, if you can also uh, talk to me personally over on instagram at mike wears prada i uh, for the past uh, couple weeks i've been doing a 30 day song challenge so come over there and pick and check out some it's of the fun. songs that i've been picking uh, they're in fun. my on instagram it's been on my uh, highlights so it, it after, even after i put them um out you, you can still at least see what i pick uh, so i've been doing that for i'll be doing that for the uh, remainder
1: of july and it got uh, dawn to finally listen to the menzingers when you posted
0: don listened uh, Cancel, to the she,
1: menzingers she she just had amazon play a menzingers playlist so all uh, all Wednesday afternoon was just like random menzinger songs playing in my house and I was just like nice, ah, oh, I'm just gonna sit here and absorb all this and she was like <laughs> i'm gonna go from home in the yeah. living room today said, I like this band this band is good and I was like yeah I've been saying that since 2015 but anyway
0: I told her that too we've been telling you that for years Don
1: <laughs> anyway then I like wore my Menzinger shirt the next day and she was like I know that band I'm Like,
0: yeah. <laughs> oh you know what next time I you know whenever whenever I get the vaccine and come over to your house again <laughs> I'm gonna wear my Menzinger shirt and you can wear your Menzinger shirt and then we'll just like and we'll just like rub it in your voice face, like, what? "Hey, remember when we recommended this band to you many, and, many years and ago?" A,
1: and a, yeah, we'll rub it in her face, and then we'll tell her about the band. So, yeah, there you go. <laughs> hey, but and she you know did. What? She did turn on uh, Queen of Lower Chelsea this morning, and I was just oh. like, "Oh, oh!" And then she turned it off after the first chorus. <gasps> was it too much for her? All all she said was, "Aw, crap." And I think she like accidentally turned it off, but she she didn't go back to turn it back on again. I was very sad about that.
0: Maybe you should go over to your Alexa and uh, no. go turn it back on. Gaslight no? Anthem is just for me. Oh, okay, no one My else is allowed ears. to have it, My including ears. you, the listener, who can also check us out, or you can also send us an email if you so wish over at theskinnywithmikeandadam at gmail You know what? Dang it, we've been doing this show for for far too long, too long, too many and- years. Too many years, and all we ask <laughs> is that our listeners go and give us a review over on Apple iTunes. You know what? It's not a lot. We're not asking a lot. Why did you go and help out the show? Because we give it to you for free every goddamn week. <laughs> Stop crying, Mike. Stop. Did I convince? Was that convincing? Was that, no. Was
1: that, I can I can hear the, the, the tickety tackety of the. Uh, of the of 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 people turning it off, ah, <laughs> oh, dang it! Well, we better wrap this up then before
0: <laughs> before the last the last two listeners turn it off. Thank you guys again for uh, for this week's or for tuning in for this week's uh, episode, folks. I hope you enjoyed this little blast from the past. Go check out some some older bands. You know, there's that, there ain't no new music coming out. I mean, there's a couple of new music coming out, but like there ain't no new music coming out for for for, for weeks now. So use this time and go. Check out some Green Day. Go check out some Bad Religion. Go check out some Doors. Go check out some other stuff that you might not, that you might, that you might have in your backlog that you've been meaning to check out. It's fun. It I, I it, it's it's uh, we you, you hear you heard it here from us. It's it's fun and it's a cool history lesson from where all the bands that we love got their influences from.
1: There you go, and where we go. got our influences from, and then turned into other influences. The evolution, but, baby.
0: The evolution. So many-
1: of absorbing music over the past 25 six years it's so it's little time.
0: degrees of separation dude all leading up to you listening to this show right now for enjoy, my co enjoy your for, daughter and there you go exactly for my <laughs> co-host adam i am your co-host mike we're checking in with you guys and quarantine so like we say every week
1: He's going to come up with something really funny, guys. Really, <laughs> really funny. If, you, if you're if going to funny. the lake, stay left. If you're going to the right, COVID testing. Never you're forget. It here. Don't forget. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> you know what? You're joking. With that, I'm sure that's going to help a lot of people. So you should be proud Just of saying. yourself you got putting to. that out there.
1: <laughs> so so I, I'm sure I repeated myself so much about what it was like to try to find out about bands, other albums in the nineties, but oh no, dude, that, was, that
0: was a good story. Don't, I don't can, worry about it. I, I just
1: couldn't believe it when I started to think about that, like how we just, we were never informed that bands released albums. It was like, how did we oh, yeah. find out that it was
0: back in the day? Like I literally went to the music. I, I scheduled time every mm-hmm. single week to go to the music store just in case I missed anything.
1: Right. Well, for me it was, if you, you heard a, a song on the radio that you liked. So for me, I would have to hear it numerous times before I realized I'd liked it. And then to find out the name of that song, which obviously with green day, like the names of their songs were not in the songs like basket games <laughs> and long view. I had no idea the names of those songs, but I knew when, when you come around, when I, when i come around (laughs) so it
0: was it was basically a shot in the dark like oh mm -hmm. what's that one song Mm -hmm. do you have the time to listen to me whine is that the name of the song like right (laughs) what's the name
1: of that song i have no idea
0: pretty sure it's do you have the time to listen to me whine he says that a lot
1: maybe you saw it on mtv and it would put yeah you have to catch the beginning or the end of the video right you have to sit there and And pinpoint your attention, no matter what was going on in your house, no matter what (laughs) paper ready, no matter what your parents might ask you to do, like take out the trash or whatever. Like, no, wait, the song's not over yet. I need to find out what album it's on. (sighs) The end of the song. I need to write it down. No. And now, luckily, we've become that cool older brother that knows everything about every band's discography. Yeah, dude. And so, we have a show about it. So We're when, everybody's older so brother now, when you hear about people going to shows and they've only listened to one song or one album, it's, it hurts. It's like, no, the information's out there. I know I shouldn't think this way, but every time I hear those stories
0: or hear those people who are like just casual fans, I'm like, you have no excuse. Right. No excuse to not check out more of their music.
1: We had an excuse in the 90s. Don't, we did our mistake. (laughs) Don't live like us. Look at us. We're (laughs) old. And we're still here, you fucks. Mm -hmm. But that was the crazy thing. I remember that about bad religion. Like Chris said, I think they have like. A bunch of other albums and, <laughs> and and you know like recipe for hate you could listen to it and you can think like this is like a republican like band because they're singing everything in satire in a way like all kind of that mm-hmm. that backwards like yeah we're, we're taking on this persona of being like right wing christians but there but then I, then I had to ask chris like are they saying this because they are or because they think it's dumb and he was just like oh yeah i heard from my friend that they write their lyrics to be very like anti-religion and cover and government. I was like, Oh, cool. And then that, that's the extent, that's the furthest I could go with.
0: And then years later, the Colbert <laughs> report would come on and be like, Oh,
1: I get it now. <laughs> Cause they're like, you weren't able to seek out, you know, uh, lyrics unless you bought the album. And they have—they happen to be in the liner notes. God, yep. it was a fucking a so much when the booklets didn't have the lyrics. I'm like, you oh, fucking band, exactly,
0: exactly. <laughs> I just want to know your song so I can sing along to it because I can't understand what you're fucking saying. <laughs>
1: right. So it really was like the dark ages of being a music fan up until the year 2000. It's we amazing. made it, man. We Phew. made it. We're here now. <laughs> man. Just very,
0: lucky. if we don't know the name of the song, we just type in vague lyrics into Google and be like, Oh, do you mean this?
1: I'm like, there it is. Yep. It
0: was stuck in my head all week.
1: Cause that was you know, working at having so much downtime. i was just like, Oh, I'll just go to the, my Yahoo search engine and type in, you know, Pearl jam albums. And I was like, Oh, here's, Every single Pearl Jam album. Oh, there's 17 of them. <laughs> at that point in 2000, there had been like five. Yeah. <laughs> like, wow, there's, I only have one. I need to catch Whoa. up. <laughs> this new band, they've been around forever. Mm-hmm. And then I saved up all my money and and got a credit card and I was able to finally purchase their other albums by 2002. Took that a whole loan so that you can get the rest. <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
0: Man. Putting this in the show, by the way. So okay, I'm good. Gonna edit that and put this in, put us in the show. Yeah, so.
1: one of my first big credit card purchases was like those other two or three Pearl Jam albums. <laughs> oh, that's crazy, dude! My
0: first credit card purchase was uh was my big Smart Punk thing that had the sales oh, yeah. in there. Yes, oh,
1: <laughs> we make good. We make good choices. oh you're like, oh yeah, forty five dollars, fifty three dollars. Like this is worth it. I.
0: I... Oh yeah, dude! Because I had like. <laughs> I think there's like six or seven albums in there. A couple of them were EPs uh, and then like some shirts and stickers and pins and stuff like that. And, And then because I spent so much, they threw in some like free shit too like they, they give me like a sampler good. cd good which i learned more stuff which i got more like recommendations from and then some yes. like new pins and stickers that are from bands i never heard of before seriously it's one cool. of the best things i've ever bought was yeah. that first credit card purchase i ever did but
1: there's like one of those and then there's 10 of those that you spend money on that are shitty right oh yeah of <laughs> course <laughs>
0: yeah a couple of little cds like i heard like a few times I'm like eh, I, don't, I don't like this but like hey right. i tried
1: like but at least i have a pin now
0: <laughs> i would have paid 45 dollars for that sales ep right
1: you know? I, I would how, have as well but you don't you know go. you didn't know but you got that operation ivy pin that you can put on your backpack <laughs> yeah.
0: everyone knows how much street cred i have now man
1: yeah it was like that in nine inch nails i was like wow these these shirts are everywhere in 1997 all these edgy kids out there i'm kind of scared mm-hmm. of them <laughs> right and green day and pearl jam shirts smashing pumpkin shirts yes
0: <laughs> all right, man. I'll let you go. Uh, all let right. you go enjoy your weekend.
1: Glad you're feeling good.
0: Yes, we're all we're
1: all still good over here for now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I legit had anxiety about that all week, so glad you're feeling good. All right, talk to you next week, same time. Right, see you soon. Same channel.